Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. And we are bringing you a recap of the June 15th uh, baseball game between the San Diego Padres and the Chicago Cubs from Wrigley Field. Um, This is episode number 166. Uh, Before we get into the 166, Jack, I noticed before we started recording that you're, you're drinking some coffee. That's correct? That's right. That's right. And I'm drinking some tea. I said, so this is like the warm drink episode. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> the, like I think maybe you've drank coffee a couple times maybe when we've recorded, like especially like late night. Sure. But uh, it's a pretty rare occasion, and I've never drank a warm drink or tea uh, during our recording, so we'll see how this affects us. I hope it doesn't like lull us into like, you know, a low energy, but but we'll see. Yeah, that's the opposite of, of why I'm having the coffee, you know. Yeah, that's to get my true. Energy up. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That's nice and that's nice and cozy, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's it's cooled off a little bit in Chicago, but it's still still warm. It was a lot cooler though than it was during this game, which oh, we'll God. get in. Yeah, we'll get into that. But before we get in all that, it is episode number one sixty six. Like I said, so Jack, who is your one sixty six guy? Yeah, my guy is Colby Rasmus. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, he hit one hundred and sixty six home runs in his career. Jeremy, I was surprised that he played up until twenty eighteen. I was like, you know, Colby Rasmus, he was a guy I had totally forgotten about. And he was he just played up to three, four years ago. He was still playing. Yeah. We actually saw, I think the most famous, the you know, the biggest thing about Colby Rasmus is that towards the end of his career, he, uh, he had a beard that made him, the way he grew it, it made him look like he was auditioning for a, a bit part in the movie Kingpin. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he looked. He looked like he he was trying to audition to be like one of the Amish guys well, um, who was uh, like related to Randy Quaid. You yeah. remember what I'm talking about with oh, him? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, no, absolutely. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, Oaf, like you know, like bumpkin Oaf is like the best way you could describe that look. I was gonna say Jack. I that's a good observation. I was gonna say I was just my wife and I were just we just finished watching the series uh, Under the Banner of Heaven, um, which uh, is about the Mormon faith. And uh-huh. um, the uh, this family that it focuses on kind of takes a dark turn, and I think the what's indicative of them taking this like dark turn is that they all grew beards. Um, and it again, it, like it, it, like Colby Rasmus fits right in with this the Lafferty family. So it's a, it's oh, a little yeah. disturbing. Um, he was a first round draft pick uh, in two thousand five uh, by the Cardinals. He was selected twenty eighth overall. He was uh, uh, drafted out of high school. He was he's from Seal, Alabama. Um, he just he, the guy the guy never took a good uh, a good a good headshot. Um, he was also no. the brother of Corey Rasmus, who was a pitcher mm-hmm. um, uh, who also pitched for a couple of years. So he was from a, a baseball family. Um, yeah, I was surprised that he had 166 home runs in his career. Uh, he, his, his career high was 25. He hit that in 2015 
with Houston. Um, so he was on some some of those pretty good Astros teams. Yep. Uh, he, he did not get a ring with them because I think I think 2017 was the year that they uh, that they won it all. Um, yeah, he bottomed out. He tried to play in 2018 with uh, Baltimore, but he uh, he hit just 133, and then he never he never played again after that. Um, he had some good uh, some good career earnings, though. Another thing that'll shock you: he made 47 million dollars in his big big league career, uh, including uh, the 2016 season with Houston. He made 15.8 million dollars, um, which uh, which was maybe his. Uh, I don't know if they bought out his Arbiers or what. Um, yeah, just kind of a forgotten guy, though. Nobody ever really talks about Corey Rasmus, so it, it surprised me. Or Colby Rasmus, so it surprised yeah. me that he had 166 homers, uh, and we saw him, I think, in that, that 2017 uh, Rays-Tigers game we went to. Mm, okay, that's right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, a couple of things about Colby Rasmus. Um, number one, uh, I, he's not forgotten with me because I own a Colby Rasmus uh, bobblehead, which I think, oh, wow. I've, I think I've shown you before, Jack, but... When one of those, it must have probably was the 2016 uh, Astros team that made the playoffs. One of those Astros teams that made the playoffs, Colby Rasmus like was famously photographed in the locker room celebrating with his shirt off and uh-huh. wearing these glasses, and his like chest was all like greased up. He looked like Brett the Hitman Hart, basically. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. He and there's this famous picture of him like just like looking like all all like whacked out. And uh, they made a bobblehead of it, and I, I like, I don't know, I it was such a oddity that I had to own that bobblehead. Um, so I do have that. Uh, since I, man, I moved like over a year ago, and I, I never really put my bobbleheads back out. So I gotta, I gotta do that because um, Colby Rasmus was definitely on the uh, on the shelf. Um, so that's one thing about Colby Rasmus. The other thing is, I think uh, our friend of ours. Uh, who's a big Cardinals fan? Uh, who I won't t- t- attach his name to this fact, but I think he w- I think he told me this is one of the early like uh, instances where um, I think like I was told that like his dad was like Kobe Rasmus's dad was like a real asshole, like a like a little league like um, like nightmare parent. Who, like, yeah, was, a, heli- a helicopter parent. Yeah, basically, yeah. I think that almost sounds like too like innocent for like <laughs> what these like some of these little league parents are. But I think I I seem I think it was Colby Rasmus who he said like the dad like had a reputation for being like that, and even even up until the big leagues and the minor leagues and stuff. So wow. or at least the minor leagues. So, um, so yeah, that was another fun fact about uh, Colby Rasmus. And the other one is um, I'm looking at his transactions because these guys are always interesting to look at. Um, he was only traded once in his career. That was from the Cardinals uh, to the Blue Jays. But he must have been the headline of the of the deal uh, going from the Cardinals to the Blue Jays. The the Cardinals in return got uh, Mark Zupchinski, uh, Octavio Dotel, and then get this Corey Patterson. And Edwin Jackson. Wow. That's, that's dubious at best. Yeah, it sure is. Mark Repchinski, Mark man. He was what they call him, the alphabet? Yeah, Scrabble. Alphabet, yeah, Scrabble. Uh, Scrabble. And then um, Kevin Millar called him Splamidovich. <laughs> only Kevin Millar could, could coin and come up with. Nice. That's good. Um, yeah, but that's that's Colby Rasmus. He's only, he's only 35. So, you know, maybe he's still playing independent ball somewhere. Yeah, uh, one guy who is playing uh, somewhere still, uh, listener of the show, Pete, sent me a video. He sends me videos periodically of this guy, but Addison Russell was just... Um, oh, God. They just, he just sent me a video of Addison Russell participating in some sort of like Mexican League home run derby. 
Um, Jesus. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, I don't know how many home runs he got. He didn't win, but um, he like looks like beefy. Like he looks like swole and like like yeah. in a home run derby. And it's like I know he played in Korea. And it's like I'm surprised he hasn't tried to make a comeback yet. I I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think anybody will touch him. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I feel like there's worse guys in the league. Oh, oh yeah, especially um, now. Yeah, yeah. So I that's why I mean like I figure like. Somewhat like it's been long enough where I think someone would would try to make you know to try to bring him back, but um, I I don't know if he should or like if he would would be worth it because he seemed to like never really kind of push through as much as possible. Like just just couldn't get that average up. I know even even before things hit hit bad with the Cubs. So I don't sure. know, but uh, but yeah, but that was just a little uh, little side note that I I I came across today. Okay, well that's a good one. Um, all right, so my um, 166 guy, Jack, is a guy that I'm not super, super familiar with. I just kind of know a little bit of him, and I just kind of, you know, um, he's he's a name that's always kind of like um, just kind of been on my radar a little bit, just b- bounced around. Um, it is um, uh, former Kansas City Royal pitcher Paul Splitorf. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, I've heard of his name, too. He was well before my time, yeah. um, but he's got a cool name. Yeah, for sure. Before my time as well, too. I was alive while he was pitching, but I was uh, three years old when he <laughs> finished his career. But um, if you ask any Royals fan, I think he's like, you know, one of those like beloved, you know, former Royal pitchers. Um, he pitched from 70 to 84, all with the Royals. Um, so from age 23 to age 37, um, was with the Royals. Um, and like definitely like a, you know, a... a a staple of the rotation um you know pitched a lot of in many years pitching 200 plus innings um and uh let's see he um never made an all-star um he finished fifth in rookie of the year voting seventh uh in 71 um seventh in cy young voting in 1978 um that year he had a 340 era and finished 19 and 13 um, let's see, uh, with 13 complete games, which is a career high, two shutouts. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's see, strikeouts, not, not a big strikeout guy at all, really. Um, yeah, that's odd. He did not strike out many guys at all, if I'm looking at this correctly. Yeah, he, like, averaged 3.7 strikeouts per nine innings uh, for his career. That's that, that's minuscule. Yeah, it's weird. Like, his numbers, like, he only finished in triple digits and strikeouts twice in his career. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Definitely a uh, contact pitcher, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, it would be interesting to see what kind of stuff he had. Um, yeah. It almost seems like he was kind of just a junk baller. Uh, yeah, that 381 career ERA isn't bad, though. I mean, granted, right. he, played in, he played in the 70s when guys didn't hit nearly as many home runs. Um, but, yeah, that, that's pretty sick. Uh, would definitely be on the all-glasses team, too, which yep. is great. Yeah, that's another reason to bring him up. He may appear later if we ever do that episode. Um, he, he's the uh, franchise leader in wins also for the uh, Royals. I mean, he did pitch his whole career with the Royals, so there's that. But um, uh, he, uh, you know, 166 wins leads the Royals um, uh, all-time and uh, – there's no one even close, uh, you know, on that list current, like who's actively playing. So he could have that for a while. Uh, but it's kind of interesting. Like he had more wins than Brett Saberhagen, more than Kevin Apier. Like these guys were on the Royals a long time. Mark Gubiza. Um, so, uh, but yeah, but uh, Paul Splitorf is the uh, 
the uh, you know a franchise leader in wins amongst other categories too. But actually, he's a leader in losses as well. Um, but uh, and game started. But uh, but yeah, just I guess just a longtime Royals guy, you know. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, yeah, and uh, you know he is he is a lefty, so you always you, you do love the lefties. Yeah, I had to bring him up for that reason too. He sadly uh, we lost him in 2011 uh, at age 64, so a little bit young. Um, but uh, but yeah, just uh, an all time Royals uh, guy. And uh, I don't know, maybe if we ever have a Royals fan on this uh, podcast uh, who's maybe <laughs> our age or a little older, maybe they can tell us more about Paul Splitorf. I was gonna say I don't. I don't think I know any Royals fans. No, so we'll have to, Paul we'll have to Rudd. dig deep for that one. Paul <laughs> yeah, Rudd. Yeah, right. Is he is he a Royals fan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. him and like uh, Sudeikis and stuff. Like they, I don't know. They're like they're from Kansas City, I think, or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, Jeremy. Should we get to the game itself? Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sweet. So um yeah we went to the um the uh, uh, San Diego Padres uh, at Chicago Cubs game. Um, this was uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, right, Jack? Was it Wednesday? Yes, it, yes, it was a Wednesday night. That's right. And uh, so a couple notable things about this. Number one, yeah, the, the, the temperature at first pitch was 92 degrees, uh, which was just absolutely brutal. Um, it was uh, the, the start. It was kind of like a spot start for Caleb Killian, mm-hmm. um, who is the t- Cubs' top pitching prospect. Uh, it was his second career start, and uh, it—I mean—it was a little bit of an unfair draw for Killian, like to be pitching. The wind was blowing out. Um, it was reported 19 miles per hour blowing out to left field when game started. Um, the wind, the the flags definitely were like um, you know flowing pretty briskly. Um, it would die down a little bit over the night, but um, it was the wind was blowing out. It was not like. Um, an ideal uh, circumstances for the pitchers. Uh, I actually told Jack, I'm like, I, 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 you know, this game could be 20 to 15. And uh, yeah, I think I think the first thing you said because so Ryan Weathers for the Padres was pitching as well. We saw him pitch last year when he was a heralded prospect. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, the, the shine has kind of worn off of him a little bit. But uh, anyway, I, I think the first thing you said was both of these guys could get their brains beat in tonight. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and. Um, yeah, neither one did did well. Um, no, and in the end, the Padres um, almost hit that twenty mark, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> they they only had two runs through the first three innings, but uh, it would get ugly. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, I just I don't I'm not sure if I remember seeing a game with as many like high scoring innings. Basically, no, um, it's pretty. It was pretty crazy. So I think the final was was it nineteen to five? Was that the final? Uh, yeah, uh, nineteen to five or nineteen to six. I, I don't have my my box score handy uh, just at this moment, but um, yeah, the the Padres scored nineteen runs, so it was a it was a brutal one. Uh, Frank Swindell pitched, which we'll get to a little bit later. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was it was an ugly game. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so Jack and I uh, arrived separately at the ballpark. Um, I got there not terribly early. I mean, I think I walked in at maybe like, well, actually, who, uh, maybe I did show up at like 6 o'clock or something for a 7.05 start. But uh, I came in through the left field bleachers uh, uh, entrance, got my scorecard. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, every, every once in a while, I like to walk on the concourse, like the main aisle. Uh, going through the stadium uh, instead of walking underneath in the tunnel. Um, so um, so I did that. I, I kind of like I got my ticket, got up to like field level and just walked from like left field over to right field. 
um, on the main concourse. Uh, we were sitting in the upper deck, so I was going to then, like, go up. Once I got to, like, you know, our section, you know, one level down, I was going to then go up from there. Uh, but I, I so I, I was walking around the, the main concourse, uh, passed by home plate, and I saw a guy standing there, kind of like a... a, a a, a, like a fit guy, like a kind of like a muscular guy. Um, and he was with, he, there was kind of like a group of people around him. And like, I could tell he was kind of like holding court a little bit. Um, kind of like just, yeah, just like people were like on him and, and admiring him and talking to him. And I, I looked and um, he looked like a guy, like he looked like somebody, but I couldn't like recognize him at first. And uh, I, I kind of walked past him and got a look at his face and I'm like, I think that's Alfonso Soriano. Um, and so I kind of like linger, lingered and looked at him a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's him. He is, he's put on a little weight, but I was pretty sure it was him. And um, honestly, I just kept walking. I just kept walking towards like, you know, our section. Um, I kind of started going up the stairs. And first of all, it was like swelteringly hot. And I was like, I'm like, let me sit down for a second. But also like, let me sit down and just kind of gather myself. So I, I did that. I sat down, gathered myself. I texted Jack and I'm like, Hey man, I think I just walked by Alfonso Soriano uh, behind home plate, um, and um, then I sat there for like a minute, and I was kind of like, "Well, you know what? Like, what 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 am I doing here? Like, why don't I just go over there?" And um, uh, I saw him like taking pictures with with people and signing balls, and and like and there was like some some like little league age kids there who he was like taking pictures with and talking to. And, uh, I was like, screw it. Like, let me just go over there. And, um, I kind of lingered around there for a little bit. Uh, I then went down and there was one guy who was like looking, I think someone like got his like, uh, batting gloves or something, or I don't know, something. And I just went to the guy and I'm like, that's Alfonso Soriano, right? And he's like, yep, yep, that's him. And I'm like, cool, thanks. And then I kind of like lingered and he was like sitting, he, at this point he was sitting down by himself and he was like looking at his cell phone. So I kind of just, I went down like People were they, the Cubs were letting people just kind of go up and approach him, and uh, I went down. I had my scorecard. I'm like, uh, Alfonso, uh, you know, would you mind signing uh, an autograph for me? And he's like, sure. And um, uh, just took my scorecard and signed for me. And uh, yeah, he signed. I told him, uh, I was always a, always a fan, uh, Soriano. Thank you. And um, he's like, yeah, thank you. And uh, uh, super nice, like super friendly. And uh, just um, I kind of like took off after that uh but uh but yeah i i got uh, alfonso soriano's autograph uh on my scorecard that's card. cool man yeah, yeah it was a nice nice looking autograph too um yeah uh, from what i from what i saw on your scorecard um yeah they, they would show him later in the game too uh he was just sipping a, a cocktail and he was wearing a shirt that said hot dad summer <laughs> um yeah which i i think might be a uh like a tiktok video i wasn't able to watch it but i, I did google hot dad summer and i'm you know i'm not sure if it means what alfonso soriano like thinks it means uh -huh. um it seems like it might definitely be kind of a, a not safe for work type of video uh which makes it funnier that he was wearing it um sure. Yeah, I, I uh, mean, so what, yeah. well, there was a song called "Hot Girl Summer." So uh, the there was yeah. summer of 2019 was "Hot Girl Summer." I actually, Jack, I don't know if you recall this, but uh, during my speech at uh, uh, thanking everyone for coming to my to our wedding, um, I, I referenced "Hot Girl Summer." <laughs> I you said, did. I remember that. Okay, yeah. nice, nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like, so yeah. I guess you know, of course, there has to be. Um, you know, why would why leave anything for women like you know let let the guys get in involved as well so of course it's hot dad summer so sure um, yeah the, i mean la last year they had white boy summer exactly so yeah i guess maybe hot dad summer is an improvement on that yeah well yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean i'm all about representation <laughs> so i'm i'm cool with 
with that for sure. But um, anyway, uh, the funny thing about that, that he was wearing that shirt is when I met him, he was not wearing that shirt. It's <laughs> just weird. So like and and what's weirder than that is that a guy, one of these guys who kind of was like near him or, or, or like kind of like hovering around him was wearing that shirt. So yeah. I, I got the vibe that that was maybe his like agent or like, I don't know. I mean, if, I feel like his agent, this guy was like maybe in his like, like mid forties. So I feel like his agent is probably older than that. So I don't know who the hell this guy was just some hanger on or guy, but he either gave him the shirt off his back or he like brought an extra one for Soriano. But by the time Soriano, they showed him on the scoreboard, they did like the heroes of the game and they showed like Soriano's Cubs highlights and then they showed Soriano and, you know, he gets a big pop from the audience, from the crowd, which was cool. Um, but like he was wearing that shirt by that point. So that was, there was something weird happened in the middle there somehow. That's yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's cool. He seems like the type of guy who would just be at the Cubs game for no reason, just kind of partying. He got like a hundred and fifty million dollar contract. Uh, the Cubs never won anything while he was on the team. Uh, but now, now all Cubs fans seem to like him. Like they seem, <laughs> you know, from what I've read, either you know, you know, uh, on the internet or just what you've said, like people have all kind of made their peace with him, and yeah. uh, he, he's definitely like. Uh, a lot better of a signing than Jason Hayward, um, and I think yeah. he'll be remembered remembered better than that. So, uh, yeah, g- good good for him, I guess, for finally getting in the good graces of Cubs fans. Yeah, I was we me and uh, Jack and I talked about it a little bit at the game, and it's like I I think I I made my peace with Soriano like towards the end of his career. Like it occurred to me that he was just a guy who was never that interested in like winning. Or like playing hard, he was just a guy who just enjoyed playing baseball and was playing it for fun. Which, at 150 million dollars, you don't want that to be happening. But it's like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? It's like, are you mad at him or are you mad at the Cubs for for signing him? You know? So it's like, I don't know, man. Like I, it's like, yeah, I feel like it was. Um, I don't know. It's like, what can you do? You can either hate him or not hate him, I guess. So uh, I just, I kind of made my peace with it. Um, so uh, was I always a fan? Like I told him, I don't know about that, but uh, you know, I also did get Jason Hayward's autograph last year, so I'm full of shit. So it's fine. But, uh, but yeah, but uh, still it was cool that he signed it. He even put like the 12, the number 12 on nice. uh, the scorecard. It's like shit. Like it's like Alfonso Soriano doesn't need to put his number down for, for, you know, anyone to know him. So, but it's, again, it's just one of those things. I think when they sign something without their picture on it, I think they're just like, you know, that's just the etiquette. Put your number down with it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So, um, so yeah, I started off, um, you know, one for one with autographs, which was pretty cool. Although it was a little nerve wracking to make sure that my scorecard then didn't get, you know, beer spilled on it or like scuffed on the floor or whatever. Um, I, I like really had to protect the scorecard now that I knew that I had an autograph on it, especially Alfonso Soriano. So I was, uh, you know, I was extra, extra careful with my scorecard throughout the night. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, uh, you, you did get there quite a good deal before me cause you also saw the first pitches, uh, thrown out. Now I would later see this guy you referred to, and I was glad that I got to see him. But uh, perhaps you could describe him for uh, for the listeners. Yeah, there was this guy. I think his name was Jeff Kurkowski, which uh, do I need to say his whole name? No. Did I? Yes. Am I taking it out? No. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was announced at the stadium anyway. So but yeah, his name was like Jeff Kurkowski or something like that. And um, I he had a jersey on that said big K on it. He had long, like kind of like curly hair and like a 
you know, a, a kind of like a unkempt beard, like a long, like kind of big beard. Uh, he had a bandana on his uh, over his head, like you know, like a, like a pirate, you know, I guess, like like some sort of like uh, bar bar guy or whatever. Um, so yeah, like his, the back of his jersey said Big K, uh, but I like to, I I thought I kind of wanted to call him King Douchebag. He was just like. The douchiest douche that ever douched, like, just like, just such a fucking like, just just a big, um, galoot basically, and he, that just he just looked like that just by sight, um, but then he threw threw out the first pitch, and he was like announced as like get like guest of Cubs, so I think that those people like just win contests or something to throw out yeah. the first pitch, and they're just called guest of Cubs, um, but he goes to the mound. Like, you know, like there's there's I think probably the age old question, like do you do you stand on the rubber to throw out the first pitch? Like most people who are throwing out the first pitch are not athletes or trained in, in, in pitching, so it's like don't stand on the mound, you're just gonna bounce it or it's gonna go bad. This idiot stands behind the rubber. It's like this guy's clearly an idiot. Um, stands behind the rubber and then does the whole thing where he's like, you know, shaking off the imaginary signs and like looking behind holding the runner close to second base like it's like if this was like 15 years ago more more than that like 25 years ago you know it would be charming maybe but it's like everyone and their mother has done this it's not funny um it's it's annoying because it's like hey let's get let's get the fucking show on the road uh so it's just super annoying and it's like and and the other thing about throwing out the first pitch is like you you have to understand that like you are doing something that probably everyone in the stadium would love to do and and they don't want to see you like, you know, soak up the moment. They they want to be like I could do it. They're like everyone's thinking I could do it better than this guy. So this guy like was completely oblivious to that. Was just milking the time and being annoying and not funny doing it. Um. So then he like shakes off. He does all this all these histrionics. Then he goes and he like winds up and he just like launches the ball like like 25 30 feet over Clark the Cubs head his his big furry head um he launches it off the backstop and like it hits the net and hits and falls to the ground and like Clark like just like looks like just shakes his head like even Clark was like <laughs> this is you know annoying and obnoxious and um so like he he um uh launched the ball and then he st- then he's then this guy this uh king douchebag stands on the on the mound and just like stands there like he like with his hands on his hips with his like chin up in the air like appreciating himself for what he did just like soaking up the the moment and and like just like just so proud of himself for doing this like as if it was funny or what it was just like a big middle finger to like whoever asked him to or whoever allowed him to throw out the first pitch and just everybody like I said you know people sit there and they're like what would I do if I if I was up there? And this it was just a big middle finger to all those people, and it was so annoying and so so just like alienating. And I'm like, this I hate this guy. I absolutely hate this guy. And I think uh, I think a lot of people in the stadium also did, including Clark the Cub. Like I think he pissed off Clark the Cub. It's hard to tell like the um, the inner emotions of a guy in a mascot costume, but I could tell he was like, what an asshole, you know. So anyway, that's yeah. I did. Takes Jeff a lot to, to piss off a team's mascot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, other than like if you're Tommy Lasorda and you're beating him, <laughs> you know. Other than that, it's kind of hard to, to to piss off uh, a person whose job is to be like jovial and fun, you know. So I don't know. <laughs> well, it was, we, it was a mess. we later we later saw Jeff Kurkowski 
walking along the upper deck concourse right yeah. in front of us. Yeah. So I was glad. I was glad that you got to point him out to me. Yes. Uh, if I can, uh, in my mind's eye, once I saw the guy, I could I could yeah. picture him doing every all of the things that you said he did. Absolutely. Um, he was he was with a guy who looked like his twin brother yeah. or like his brother that was like two or three years older, younger. Um, who looked just exactly like him, was dressed the same as him, had the same, like, long, curly, greasy hair and, like, shitty goatee yes. as him. Um, they, they looked like a, a heel tag team yes. in wrestling yeah. in wrestling that would never win the championship. Yeah. They were just, like, jobbers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I guess if we're going wrestling terms, and he definitely looked like a wrestler, he kind of looked like the berserker a little bit. <laughs> like, um, like just, just a, just a mess of a face. Yeah, um, I was thinking they were like two Bubba Ray Dudleys with like long hair. You yeah, know, yeah, sure. Um, they, they had that that vibe about them too. Yeah, yeah, definitely annoying and just like, yeah, just super. Just it's like, just get out of, just, just move on and get out of our lives. And then I had to see him later. The only reason why I was glad that that happened is just so Jack could see him in the flesh. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad that that happened, but yeah, just a horrible, horrible guy. I think, uh, Keegan Murray from I, uh, the university of Iowa, uh, basketball player throughout the other first pitch. I was in the bathroom, uh, when that was happening. So I heard, uh, I heard Jeremiah Paparaki, the, uh, uh, Cubs public address announcer saying his name. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, that, that guy's here. I kind of wish I could have seen that. Was his, was his pitch good? Yeah. His pitch. Yeah. It was a strike. And like, it's just, you know, anyone could have, you know, like, um, uh, freaking Trevor Bauer could have went up there and thrown out a first pitch and come come out looking better than this guy than uh, Jeff Kurkowski, you know. <laughs> but like, the, so there was a, there was another guy in the middle who was like a guest of Captain Morgan or something who came out and threw the first pitch and he was a he was just a a lameo, a plebe guy and like he but he did he he went up there threw the ball and got down you know and like you know waved to the crowd whatever but like got out of there and um, then the the guy from Iowa came out. And uh, he even like gave the guy a high five or like a fist bump or whatever, and I'm like, that's cool. The guy, the basketball guy, doesn't need to be like treating this, you know, uh, middle guy like with any sort of uh, dignity, but he did. And then he threw out the first pitch. He even picked up like Clark's big mitt, and so like it, he he came across as like super nice, uh, particularly <sighs> in the shadow of um, of you know Big K. Uh, Jeff Krakowski. So, so yeah, everyone, every, he elevated everyone by, by his, uh, his appearance, including like the Iowa basketball guy. So, <laughs> um, well, fantastic. Uh, well, I, so th that it was about this time, right before the, uh, first pitch, right before the anthem that, uh, uh, I, uh, I came, I came up to the seats. Um, and so Jeremy and I stood for the national anthem, but there was one gentleman who did not stand for it. Yeah, that we saw a guy in a, in a Colin Kaepernick jersey, um, and uh, you know, I guess like it, it's become a statement now to to wear a Colin Kaepernick jersey. Like you're, you're I guess you're, you know, you're kind of saying something, I guess, by by wearing the jersey, and that's cool. That I'm I'm all I'm all for it, um, but. But I saw him before the anthem, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder, let me let me check out what, what Kaepernick's up to. And, like, I looked, and, and he was sitting down in his seat during the anthem. And, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like, I guess, you know, I guess everyone's entitled to make uh, a statement. Um, but it was something about the fact that he was wearing the Kaepernick jersey, and he was sitting for the anthem. And it just kind of made me think, like, hey, man, I, uh, you know, it's all good and everything, but it's like, you know that you're not Colin Kaepernick, right? Like. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of uh, yeah. It's like like you said, Jeremy. It was like the ultimate cosplay. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like he's like, I'm going to wear the jersey. I'm going to sit down. Like, uh, I'm going to sign a huge deal with Nike. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be not that good at, ba- at, uh, at, uh, at football. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with Colin Kaepernick. Like, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I don't, I don't, uh, share some viewpoints that, that others have about him. Uh, but this guy was not Colin Kaepernick. So I'm like, I don't know, man. Sorry. I don't know what to say. Yeah, no, uh, hundred, hundred percent. Uh, this guy also didn't, um, stand for the veteran, uh, which is, you know, that, that, that making people stand up, uh, for the veteran is like, that's a whole nother you know, issue that we don't have to go into right now, mainly because like Jeremy and I don't stand up during games. <laughs> yeah. um, so we don't, we don't like to have to do it, but uh, he also did not stand for that. However, uh, the, the veteran, which they do, I think they do it at the uh, bottom of the second inning before the bottom of the second inning mm-hmm. or, or before the top of the, the second inning. I can't remember which anyway, um, uh, that our, our attention was drawn to a different guy who was to our left uh, who, who was dressed <laughs> up. Like if, if we want to talk about wrestling, like the, he was dressed up like the Patriot, he was yeah. just dressed up like one of those guys who was all in red, white, and blue. But his shirt, which I think had the sleeves cut off of it, said uh, Abe Drinkin instead yeah. of Abe Lincoln. Um, and, and Jeremy, I, I know that you put uh, Jeff Krakowski was the king douchebag, but yeah. uh, I think for Abe Drinkin, you wrote here douche of the year, which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I, I like for that. I think that's probably true. I don't know if calling people douches is like sexist or something, but like it's like sometimes you just got to call them like you see them, you know, I don't know, like substitute whatever word you want for, for these people. But, but you know what I'm talking about when I, when we call them that, but like, yeah, I know it was kind of unoriginal on my part, but it's like, I was just going with what I felt in my heart. Um, but this guy like was, it's so hard to explain this guy yet. So easy. Like his shirt was tie dyed red, white, and blue. Okay. So that's the first thing. The sleeves were like, yeah, it was like one of those situations where they were like, half sleeves or something like yeah but like and he was he was an older guy he was probably like hovering around 50 i would say too mm-hmm. old to be dressing like this he yes. was wearing a hat i don't know what those hats are called but it's like god damn it jack how would you explain it's not a fedora but it's like a it's like a th- small brimmed hat but it's like yeah. a structured hat it's not a baseball hat you know you know what I called the guy? I called the guy Yankee Doodle Dandy. I think that was <laughs> you did. what you did. I called him. Yeah, yeah, I mean and he was his the theme like I think he was wearing like red white and blue wristbands too. Like mm-hmm. he was he was definitely like the theme was like USA and like um and and red white and blue. And yeah, Jack called him Yankee Doodle Dandy. Um the shirt itself said Abe Drinkin. It had a picture of Abe Lincoln on it, but it said Abe Drinkin. And I mean that right there says enough. This hat I I I got to figure out what kind of hat this was. It's like it's like a hat that someone like on South Beach would be wearing like in Miami or something. Sure. Um it's it's not quite a fedora cuz it has a very thin brim, but uh it's a structured hat, whatever. And that was also red, white and blue. It was like red, white and blue like um what's that um not gabardine. What's that like uh that like pattern? Uh I can't think of the the pattern, but it's like the the it's like the checkered pattern. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but, um, but yeah, the, there's all that. <laughs> and like the, the guy was like, he was like party dude, like party dad or something. Like he yeah. definitely had dad vibe energy, like dad vibe going on, but I don't think he had a kid with him, but, and you know, pro drinking shirt. And so, yeah, so he's yeah. Yankee doodle dandy. But when they did the, when they did the thing where they honored the vet, I looked over to my, my left 
not only was he this guy not standing for the vet, even though he's Mr. USA, but he he was just stuffing a hot dog in his face. He was like bent. He was like hunched over, like in his seat, and like just like gripping, like full hand gripping, like a hot dog and just shoving it in his face. I'm like, yeah, man. There's there's Yankee Doodle Dandy Dandy for you. Yeah, man. He was like. There was so much shit on that hot dog too that like there were little bits of onion like falling onto his lap. Like, yeah, he was he was just going to town on this thing. It almost when, looked uh, like a double yep. dog. Like it was it was so stuffed. I don't know how you stuff a hot dog bun that much, but this guy managed to do it. Yeah, uh, it was it was good. Um, and uh, wait, real yes. quick too, you know what's funny about that too, Jack is like, you know that when you load up a hot dog like that at the Cubs game, that's all self service. Like. So he did that. It's not like a worker did that for him. He did. He loaded all that shit on his hot dog himself, which is really funny. It's like, oh yeah, more of that. Oh, more relish. Oh, onion. All right, don't mind if I do. And it's just like, oh god, like what a what a goofball. Yeah, I don't know if it was just the heat, but there were like a surprising amount of like you know, it, it was more like a White Sox crowd tonight at this at this Cubs game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um. Yeah, speaking of speaking from the heart, uh, like the I think I think the Padres uh, did they score in the first inning off Kill- off Killian? Yeah, I think they scored two yeah. runs in the first. Killian was yeah. like, yeah, he was he was he was struggling right off the bat. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the Cubs come up and you know they Ryan Weathers uh, puts him down at about seven pitches. Uh, the last of which was like a, a check swing ground out to first base by Patrick Wisdom. And I think Jeremy, you you, you said uh, you said. Um, oh, what an inning. And I, I just went, oh, this Cubs team sucks. And like, I, I was, I was speaking, like, I, I just, I said it like, cause it was from my gut, but yeah. I was like, oh man, I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm throwing shade. Uh-huh. Um, but that was just like the first, <clears throat> it was just like, I had this realization, like, oh my God, like this, this product that we're watching right now. I mean, Hey, we got like $6 tickets for this game, but this yeah. is, there's just, there's no excuse for this team. I, I know Suzuki is hurt right now, but like, yeah. this is just a... This is just a garbage roster they put together. Like it does, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's bad. Um, and like it, the hard thing is, is that it's just like I mean, the problem with it is that it's it, it the team really isn't designed to be good, honestly. Like so, I don't really know. It's like there were, you know, there were early years, uh, like when when Theo first took over the the Cubs. Um, you know, they were just trying to fill twenty five slots on a roster. Yeah. Um, the problem with this team is that they do have prospects who probably could be playing in the majors that would make more sense than some of these guys that are out there. Like certainly uh, Jason Hayward shouldn't be playing. And luckily he didn't start this game, but Hayward would get into the game. Rafael Ortega would get into the game. Um, Andrelton Simmons. Um, it's like these guys shouldn't be playing one inning for the team. No. Like there's other guys who, should be going out there and either succeeding or failing and finding out who they are. Um, and it's just like, it, it, it's, yeah, it's just a, it's just a weird product to, to kind of evaluate and to take in because it's not by design to be, it's not good by design. Like it's just, we're just, it's just a slog. It's just, it's a slog through these thin years. But, um, yeah, it's yeah, just, and yeah. I, they have other guys like uh, VR and Jan Gomes. Um, you know, Dave, David Bodie might be coming back too. Ugh. It it's yeah. just it's it's just puzzling. Like why why are they why are they wasting their time with these guys? Yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't think any fan. I mean, guys like Hayward fans downright want gone from the team, but like I don't think any Cubs fan would be upset if you weren't playing um, 
David Bodie or Andrelton Simmons for that matter. Um, right. And uh, in a in a you know in probably about like a week we're gonna have both of them on the roster. Like there will be a Cubs game where Andrelton Simmons and David Bodie start up the middle while like Nico Horner sits on the bench. And, uh, you know, I guess Madrigal's injured right now, but like, you know, he also won't be playing or, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, it's going to happen. And it's just, um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely at the point, like people are starting to like put the spotlight on David, David Ross a little bit. Sure. Um, and like, you know, there's an argument to be said that it's like, what, what is he supposed to do? Like, what is he supposed to do with this roster? But on the other hand, it's like, I also think it's like he has the mentality. He has this proven mentality of like kind of being loyal to to these veteran guys. We talked about it with Rex Brothers last year. It's like he somehow and I think it's because of who he was as a player. Like he was like a, you know, a second string catcher for most of his career, even like a third string catcher. Um, at times he was like the beloved, like, you know, bench warmer guy. And it's like I feel like he he identifies with these guys and he like he feels a loyalty to play them. And it's like. It's just we'll talk about another guy in a second, um, but it's just like it's pretty frustrating. It's like the Cubs DFA'd Clint Frazier. Luckily, I mean, I don't know if Clint Frazier is like any sort of long term answer, um, but uh, he should be playing over Jason Hayward. Um, obviously, the money is what what it is. Uh, and then it turns out that Frazier actually like passed through waivers and, and accepted an assignment to AAA. So he'll probably be back. But. You know, it's like Hayward said, or um, um, Ross said that he can't, like, you know, that Hayward's going to get those at-bats, not Frazier. So it's just like, geez, like, that's a little disheartening to, to hear, you know. Yeah, um, that looks like he's going to be on the team after July 1st. Uh, Hayward? Yeah. Yeah, Um, maybe, yeah. I mean, I it's it'll be interesting to see what happens when Suzuki's ready to play. Um, if they actually take that time, like there's some belief that that could be the end for Hayward, but sure. I'll believe it when I see it. It's one of those, I'll believe it when I see it situations. Sure. Well, Hey, the Brewers just DFA Lorenzo Kane. So, true. you know, all things, all things are possible. Um, true. Um, so <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. We were talking about just like just weirdos in the stands and everything. There's a group of uh, kids like, uh, who came in like late during the game. I don't know. It was probably like the second or third inning and sat right behind us. And like, for some reason we're like on the edge of their seats and it certainly, certainly wasn't because of the gameplay. Um, but they were just on the edge of their seats, literally to the point where like, I looked over to Jack and like the guy was like, I mean, Jack, did you feel this kid breathing on your, on your head? Because he was like, just a, right. You guys were like almost like perfectly melded into each other. Like a yin yang. <laughs> I think I was so hot that I just didn't really notice yeah. this. Yeah, true. That that's true. But also at the same time, it's like, for God's sakes, it's like, yeah, it's fucking ninety-two degrees. It's like, let's 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 space out a little bit, people. And they were they were behind us too. And like, I was even like, we had Jack and I had our like buffer seat between us, and I was kind of like leaning like towards Jack. I kind of had my arm on the that that empty seat behind us, and it's like to the point where those I couldn't put my arm up there because the kids like the knee his knee was like right up against the back of that seat. So it was like, I was uncomfortable as well. Um, miraculously, they only lasted for like an inning. And then they went, I saw them go sit up in the last row of the upper deck. We were in row five and they went up to like row nine, which is the last row in the upper deck. And I think that you get like a good, like cross breeze up there. So I think that they actually probably had a good idea. Um, 
but at the very least it meant that they weren't sitting behind us anymore. So that was we we lucked out, but for like an inning it was just like come on guys. Yeah, um so yeah, th- there was there was that uh you know, um there there was a pretty healthy crowd at this game. I think it was maybe about 30,000 plus. Um, Jennifer Garner was there, uh, which didn't register with me. Like I was like looking at the scoreboard and it just, it didn't register with me that they were showing Jennifer Garner, even though, did they have her name on the screen? They did, Jack. Yeah. It was, yeah, it, it, was just, it was funny how that yeah. all went down. Um, so I just didn't realize that, but then, uh, yeah, she was definitely, uh, Robbie Gold was also at the game and he definitely, he definitely got a bigger pop than her. You would think that like either, you know, 30,000 people also didn't register the fact that that was Jennifer Garner or just nobody like knew who she was or cared. Um, but then they show Robbie Gold and like, you know, Bears fans, uh, will just take any opportunity they can to glorify ex-Bears. Um, and this, this is just another example of that. Yeah, absolutely. People love Robbie Gold. I mean, like, I think like, you know, they were they were um, they were happy that the Cubs or that the Bears drafted Justin Fields, but they were like ecstatic that of uh, when there was talk that the that the Bears were going to try to pry Robbie Gold away from from uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then I think the Niners made the Super Bowl, didn't they? <laughs> like. Uh, yeah, I, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. But like, um, but yeah, so he was definitely better off not coming to the to the to the Bears. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, they showed they showed Garner. She she did get a good reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but then like quickly they then they showed Robbie Gold right out immediately after that, and uh, it was just like three times the the reaction that Jennifer Garner got. Uh, yeah. But it, it was funny, Jack, because yeah, I was like watching you or like. They showed her, and I was like, "Whoa, that's weird." And I like pointed to the screen, I think maybe, or like I saw you see the screen. So I, I, you know, instead of saying like, "Whoa, Jack, look, Jennifer Garner," I saw you see the screen. And I was like, "Oh, okay, he sees her." And then, <laughs> then like, you didn't, you like completely didn't like re- respond to it. I'm like, and I, I said, I said, I think I forgot how I said it. I'm like, "Did you see who that was?" And you're, you, you kind of missed it. I was like, "That was that was Jennifer Garner." And you're like, then it like it occurred to you, and I'm like, wow, I thought he just like really hated Jennifer Garner or something. But, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I just she, I just saw her, and did you know she was in Pearl Harbor? Yeah, yes, I do. Okay, yeah, so I, I just saw that movie. Did you ever see? Did you ever watch <coughs> Alias? Uh, no, not really. Okay. I I did. I think that was one of those shows that had like a episode after the Super Bowl, actually, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> that everyone was like talking about. So uh, I did watch. Um, I maybe watched that episode, but I was not a alias watcher. No. Yeah, I, I probably saw the the first uh, season or two of it. Uh, not you know, not a great show. Not a it was great a, show. J.J. Abrams, though, right? I believe it was. Yeah, and it, it yeah. has a very J.J. Abrams uh, feel to it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so she was there. Really, no, uh, no, no telling what she was doing at that game. Um, well, and yeah, yeah, Robbie Gold too was kind of just sitting in the grandstands. Right. Yeah. No, it was. I mean. <clears throat> if anything, it was just weird that she was at the Cubs game. It's like there's no seeming connection whatsoever. She was just there, like cheering. She was like direct in the first row behind home plate, and uh, it was weird. I th- honestly, <clears throat> I feel like the reaction from most of the Cubs fans were like, was like, oh, that's weird that she's here. Uh, and then they saw Robbie Gold and lost their shit. So, <laughs> well, uh, speaking of losing one shit, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Daniel Norris is currently on the Cubs roster, and he pitched in this game. Uh, I don't think he retired anybody, and he gave up four earned runs. Yeah. And that basically put the game away for good. He was a gas can. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, he pitched. Like, it's one of those, <clears throat> you know, if a tree falls in the 
in the forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Uh, if a pitcher comes into the game and doesn't record an out, uh, does it count as as pitching? But I guess when you give up four fucking runs, uh, it does because you you are you're officially in the score uh, scorebooks. But yeah, um, so to go back to this like whole like idea of like Rex Brothers and these bums that David Ross like insists on like being loyal to. It's like why the hell is Daniel Norris still on the team, and why is he gone to as much as he is? I know he's a left-handed like long reliever, <clears throat> and I know that the Cubs like need a lot of like long guys. But like you can find like I don't know who the le- most recent left-handed pitcher who was released by a team is, but sign him. He's got to be better than Daniel Norris. Daniel Norris sucks. He just absolutely downright sucks. And, like, it's not the first time he's pissed away a game. And, like, yeah, so, like, the Cubs were, like, down, I think, 5-4 to four when he came mm-hmm. in. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, there was still a chance that they could have came back. And then he just, yeah, like, um, let's see, what did he do? He goes single, double, single, triple, sack fly, double, strikeout, three-run homer. Uh, or actually, no, no, that, that was... Uh, uh, they had already made the pitching change by that point, but no, he goes, he goes double, single, double, single, triple, and then you know, you know, <clears throat> then uh, who came in? Rowan Wick came in in like a dirty inning and just you know got his clock cleaned and like yeah, six runs later, like the game's out of reach. Um, but like he is horrible and he sucks and I like he sucked since the second inning he's pitched this season. Like he came in on opening day. And I think like there was a runner on base, and and he got out of the inning, um, and uh, and he was off to a good start. Then he came in the next inning, started off the inning, and like gave up a run, and uh, like ruined like the shutout. And uh, since then he's been horrible. So he had like one third of an inning where he was effective for for the Cubs this season, and since then he's been trash. Um, as they were as he was getting removed from the game, I yelled DFAM. DFAM. Like I said, that should be the last time he like sees the field and who yells in um, support of me. Uh, but, but none other than Yankee doodle dandy next to me. He goes like, yeah, like that. And it's like, honestly, I feel like he, that was like a patronizing yell. I don't even think he really understood why I was yelling. I think he just heard me yelling in anger and he was like, yeah, yeah. What he said, you know, like, like, which is even more annoying, but I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, he sucks. And like, uh, and that was it. That was the end of my interaction with, <clears throat> with Yankee doodle dandy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Daniel Norris is fucking, it's a disgrace that he was like, that he's on this team still. And like, I know that it's a lost season, but like, he still shouldn't be on the team. Like he still should like, let's have a little more respect. You talk about like respect for the fans. It's like, I understand that they're not, trying to compete and they're like rebuilding. But if you want to respect the fans, just get rid of a guy like this, like stop trotting him out there. It's, 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 that's insulting to the fans. It's like, I get it. I get that you're, you have these guys and you're just trying to fill a roster and just trying to like develop some guys and wait for them to, to make it to the majors. But, but spare us the Daniel Norris's of the team and the Rex brothers is like, give us a freaking break. He fucking sucks. He shouldn't be in the league, let alone on like the Cubs and like, yeah, super annoying. And then what happened the next day, Jack? He pitched again in the he, game I went to. Yeah, he pitched again. Jack showed. Jack went the next day, and uh, he texted me, and he's like, guess who's coming into the game? Or, like, you know, look who's pitching or something like that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, like you said, Roscoe's do them all the time. 
Um, I, I think we were saying during the game that, you know, maybe he should be on the Orioles or some team like that where he can be totally anonymous. But for him to be on a, a big market team, even if they're even if they're rebuilding, uh, it's it's a joke. You could find any left-handed guy in AAA, and he could have an 8.50 ERA in in 20 innings. Yeah, exactly. No, there's yeah anyone from AAA, any big leaguer who just got DFA'd could be better. Like, it's annoying. They the Cubs actually the last uh, left-handed pitcher who got DFA'd before Daniel Norris was Sean Newcomb for, by the Cubs. So, yep. um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I would rather I would rather have Sean Newcomb like than Dan. It's just he doesn't deserve to be in the league. Like, I think he was actually okay for the Brewers last year, wasn't he, Daniel Norris? Yeah, he was. Uh, he he was okay. I mean, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't great. He was. He was certainly like leaps and bounds better than what he's been doing this year, which is like uh, you know, um, pitching to a like I said a, a nine ERA in twenty four innings. Ugh, um, God, so now now he's just unplayable. But he he was you know he wasn't that bad with the Brewers. Yeah, it just makes no sense. And I know I understand those kinds of guys aren't or don't need to be or aren't expected to be good or great, but like uh it's just it's I mean, I guess they're expected to be good and effective, but not great, but it's just like this guy it clearly is not doing it. Like why? Why is he still there? I have no idea. Uh we sh- we should point out that Jeremy's note for this one says kill Daniel Norris DFA him. Uh yeah. that's 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 pretty damn funny. Yeah, in in that order. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like in uh it's like uh in Deadwood when Al Swearingen is talking to EB Farnham and he, and Al, Al says, "You know, if I wanted to, I could burn down this whole fucking camp." And then he looks at Farnham and he goes, "Cut your throat first and then burn down the whole fucking camp." You know, that's uh <laughs> I think that's what Jeremy would do to Daniel Norris. Is uh, is Farnham the guy uh, who was on um, New Heart? The like uh, Bill Sanderson he's played by guy? Will, by, yeah, Will, William Sanderson, Bill yeah. Sanderson. Yeah, he's played by by that actor. Okay, um, yeah, who's a, a very very good comedic actor. Do you know uh, Do yeah. you know him from New Heart, Jack? No, I I don't. Definitely before before your time, but he did this thing on New Heart, like Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. It was like it was him and he he was like I think he was maybe the handyman um, and he had two brothers and he's like, I'm Larry. This is my brother, Daryl. And this is my other brother, Daryl. And that, <laughs> that was like the whole bit. And they would come. They were recurring characters. They would come on to fix something or whatever. But they, they were Larry, Daryl and Daryl. It was really funny. nice. Nice. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Fun, funny guy. Funny guy. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so there were uh, there were two Padres fans that were sitting about three or four rows in front of us. Um, and at one point. Uh, Jeremy saw this. I didn't, but uh, I, I saw the guy, and I think I saw him finishing the beer. But he 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 ripped a can of beer in half, and mm-hmm. then he he drank from it. Yeah, yeah. He like I saw him fidgeting with his this can of beer. Like his buddy had gone up to to pee or whatever, uh, and he was by himself, and he was actually sitting one seat away from like this old couple. And I was like, I couldn't remember that 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 he was with another Padres fan. And I'm like, is he with? this couple and if so are these his parents or his grandparents um because the guy was like in his 20s maybe like maybe like mid to late 20s or something and um i just saw him like fidgeting with his can and he just ripped it you know the same way where you like when you're at a a bar and you like peel off the label of your bottle of beer he was like doing that like with the um with the beer can and just like he ripped it and then he like took one half of it and like dumped it like into his mouth and it's like what a freak um, yeah. I don't know, especially for a team that was winning, like probably like, you know, <clears throat> 17 to, to four at that, at that point or whatever. 
Yeah, so he did that, and then, like you said, he was sitting next to two old people, but then he had a buddy with him who was about his age. You know, they were maybe in their late 20s, early 30s. During the seventh inning stretch, um, these guys, they get up, uh, they stand up, and then they they lock, uh, you know, they, they, like, put put their arms over each other's shoulders, and they start swaying. With yep. the, uh, as the, as they're singing the seventh inning stretch, like they start swaying together and, and singing the stretch. Yeah. And I, t- I turned to Jeremy and I said, I don't know a single person I would do that with. Yeah. They have, I, it's just yeah. it's just not my thing. I said I said to Jeremy, I was like, could you imagine you and I doing that? It would just be <laughs> it would just be weird. Like I would never want to do that with you. It's just like, oh God, it's so yeah. It would be so so weird. It's just that's totally not my kind of thing. I mean, even if we were like <clears throat> in like um, you know, some like, you know, piano bar and like uh, Billy Joel wandered in and played like Piano Man and we were like, you know, six beers in, I don't think we would do that. Like put our arms around each other <laughs> and sway and sing the chorus of Piano Man or like they look like the end like the like you know, the end of We Are the World, like just singing along and swaying like they're singing for like world peace or something. Like it was it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Really crazy. Yeah, it was it was definitely uh, it was definitely silly. Um, at this point, though, uh, uh, the game had just turned into a total shit show. Uh, like you said, it was about 17-4, to 4, so there, there weren't that many people even left. Uh, in the ninth inning, um, my favorite thing happened. Uh, the Cubs put a <laughs> position player into pitch. Uh, they, they put Frank Schwindel into pitch. He's kind of become their designated uh, uh, ninth inning reliever when they're getting blown out. Uh, someone should make a shirt that says, Let Schwindel Pitch. Uh, just like, you know, it's because of the, the hilarious Let Rizzo uh, pitch shirts um, that they sell at Obvious <laughs> Shirts. Anyway, um, so Schwindel was pitching, uh, and th- there were two people who were right in front of us. They were an older couple. Um, uh, and it, the was, guy... it was like an a old guy and his daughter, I think, actually. Was it? Yeah, okay, yeah. So. so it was, uh, uh, anyway, the old guy, he, uh, he stands up, and just his, he is just directly blocking my view of, of home plate. Um, yep. and you know, I, I was being stubborn. So instead of like, you know, instead of just moving over, cause there were all of the seats, you know, uh, next to me were empty. I just like was making fucking gestures and being like, come on, man, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like really? Um, you know, he didn't see any of it cause he was like standing in front of me with his arms fucking spread out. Um, and standing for no reason, it was a 19 to four, five game. Uh, and then finally, Finally, like after several minutes of this, like his daughter or whoever it was kind of looks back and sees that like he's right in our line of vision as he's standing. (laughs) And she she tells him like, hey, like you need to sit down or like, you know, move over or something. So so then he does. So then we're like, okay. So uh, after Schwindel gets out of the inning, the guy did that thing where he whistled. Yeah. Like, I hate guys the crazy, who whistle. The crazy, loud, obnoxious whistle. Yeah, he did that crazy, loud, obnoxious whistle. And, you know, it wasn't in my ear, so it wasn't that bad. But just like that, that was just the, the cherry on top of that one, <laughs> that this guy would do this. I, so let me let me, let me me give my my viewpoint of this whole um, exchange, um, because it was, it was funny to watch um, uh, from my vantage point. Uh, so the guy stood up, and Jack was pissed. And, like, Jack was like... I could tell that Jack Jack wasn't really muttering to himself because I was next to him and he was kind of saying it to me, but I could tell, like, he was kind of saying it out of the corner of his mouth. He was kind of like, just like, yeah, yeah. What if I stand up? Like, yeah, maybe I'll just stand up and, you know, and then he stands up and he's like, puts his arm, he kind of like puffs out his chest, like to take up space. Cause the guy, the old guy was, was a little bit of a bigger guy, I guess. And like, 
Jack was like c- kind of standing up like with his arms like out like over like to his sides like saying like yeah, yeah, hey look, look look I'll stand like him like I'll take up all this space too like what if I do that <laughs> it was really it was really funny obviously I could tell so the the whole thing was like I mean was it the last episode or two episodes ago like the whole pitch uh, position players pitching rant yeah uh, from Jack so like Jack <laughs> does not like position players pitching. Um, and so he was already kind of, I could tell he was already irked that Schwindel was <laughs> pitching. <clears throat> then this guy stands up in front of Jack and I was like, oh, geez, this is bad. This is bad. And Jack was pissed. And like when Jack did it a couple times, he stood up and did like that thing where he like puffed him, puffed himself out. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then like, but then he did sit down too, because this, this went on for, for a bit. Um, and then when he was sitting, he was doing the thing where he was like leaning up and it like kind of like propping himself up into the chair to like try to look over this guy and it was definitely like kind of performative i feel like not performative but like it's like i think he, jack wanted them to turn around and see him doing that which is exactly what happened the daughter turned around and saw him kind of like kind of cocking his head to the side like looking annoyed like trying to see past this guy and she like looked at she was looking at jack and she kind of hit her dad she's like oh 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 and uh and uh, you're blocking him and uh, he and the guy the guy goes oh sorry he's like just stretching my legs <laughs> and 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 she's like then she's like sorry guys and like i was just like yep yep and jack was like yeah yeah or whatever and um and then the then schwindel gets out of the inning and jack and then this guy just did that whistle and i was like i and then i just lost it i'm like oh my god this is like this is just a complete direct like shot at jack like it was just trying to destroy jack and like i knew yeah. he was pissed off about it yeah, it it, it, had, it had had been a long time. The, you know, uh, it had been a long game. It was a four-hour game, so I think uh, you know everybody was kind of just ready to get out of here. But yeah, I, uh, I definitely hot. did the thing where I, it was super hot, I, and it was just a bad game. Um, yeah, I definitely did the thing where I stood up. There was no one behind me, so no, I was right. like, all right, I have a you know, I, I'm playing with house money here. Like I have free reign to just fucking just make fun of this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did, uh, and there, there it goes. You know, that eventually though, like th- you know, thankfully the daughter had like the good sense to look back. Um, you know, and we didn't make a big deal out of it. But of course, the, the guy fucking whistles. So that was just that. Yeah. It was absurd. I know. Yeah, that was just the perfect capper to the whole thing. I mean, it's like you could have said like, "Hey, man, down in front," but it's like they were literally the only two people in front of us, and we were the only two people behind him. And it's just <laughs> like, you know, <clears throat> the guy. I mean, obviously he should, he should look back before he stands up, but it's like course he was like completely like directly in front of jack blocking his view um so it was just uh it was just one of those things uh but but uh mercifully i guess the game did end and like we said it was uh 19 to 5 which is just fucking ridiculous uh score um and uh but but yeah but you know again the uh the uh, padres won so um we had some you know we were hoping that maybe it would be a good scene out by the bus um, and, uh, I mean, did anything happen on the way to the bus, Jack? I don't think so. We could just jump right to the no, bus, No, right? not really. Yeah, we, we went out to the bus. Uh, you know, not too much happened on the walk down. But, um, yeah, we got to the bus, and there were just, there were a shit ton of people there. Yeah, uh, a lot which, of people. Which I guess Jeremy and I kind of fi- were hoping there wouldn't be that many for, for a couple of reasons. First, because it was a Wednesday night. Uh, it was super late. It had been a four-plus-hour game, so it was, it was probably almost 11 o'clock by the time we got out there, if not a little later. It was very hot. It was in the 90s, so we were like, man, maybe, hopefully, like, nobody nobody will be here. But that was not the case. There were probably at least 30 people waiting there uh, by the time the players started to come out. And it was a loud and, and rowdy group, too. Yeah. I had, I also was 
<clears throat> fully under the uh, uh, impression that Fernando Tatis was not traveling with the team. Yeah. Um, so much so that I brought a card for almost every Padre, and I didn't have a Tatis card. And if he would have stopped and signed and I didn't bring a Tatis card, I would have... I would have like just thrown myself in front of that bus, in front of the, <laughs> the team bus, because that would have been a complete boner on my part. But um, but yeah, he obviously didn't sign, uh, but he did come out. But um, um, <clears throat> not to spoil anything, but we did uh, we did get out there and we were like uh, around the bus and um, <clears throat> uh, you know trying to get we were jockeying for position basically, and um, there was a guy to my left. Um, a, a, a full, you know, grown ass man. I mean, we are as well, I suppose, but he was older than us a little bit. Um, and he was just kind of hanging out and he had a baseball and he was just tossing it in the air to himself, just throwing it up yeah. in the air and catching it. Like he's like waiting on like, you know, like he's a loan shark waiting for like a guy to come out of the bar to break his ankles or something. Just like some kind of like cool guy, like tossing a baseball up in the air to himself. And it's like, Dude, you're like you're 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 annoying me. Like, get away from me. He was right yeah. next to me. I, I, I don't and like I don't appreciate the hubris of a guy because it was it was also just the way that this guy was carrying himself. Yeah. Um. Like you know he was a taller dude. Uh, he wasn't like in shape or anything. He just looked like a dad. Yeah. Um. But like you know he he had like just kind of an asshole like swagger about him. And he was you know he was throwing this ball up in the air and then he would catch it. There would be like the the smack of the like the meat slap on his hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. And. Also, it's a dumb thing to do because you you are blocked off by a little you know a little fence that's about you know four three and a half feet high. And so if, if you drop the ball and it like rolls under the bus, the security guards are not going to help you out. No, um, they're yeah. just going to let that ball roll away. So it's like you you need to stop doing it for that reason too. I almost wanted to just hit it out of his fucking hand because he know. was kind of standing in front of some kids who were trying to get in there. Um, and I mean, I guess you could say so were we too. But he was like <laughs> he 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 kind of like. He kind of moved in and, and blocked out a kid who had been there before. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, fuck this guy, man. Uh, so he, you know, he sucked. So, uh, yeah, th- it was just, but that, that was kind of the vibe of the whole crowd. It was a lot more high maintenance, and they were a lot louder than what we've experienced previously. Yeah, it almost seemed like um, <clears throat> they were like some sort of, like, um, welcome wagon for the team or something, like, <clears throat> they just like were trying to get like a glimpse or whatever. Um and by their actions it certainly was the case. Um uh players did eventually start to stream out and like uh I mean honestly like I think we should just talk about this first maybe. Sure. Um is that like <clears throat> there was like kind of like the ringleader of the whole thing. There was like there was a, a I I wrote down here big dumb Padres guy. Um but um <clears throat> He was a, a guy like, uh, yeah, probably like in his like uh, late 30s, early 40s, whatever, wearing like, I think he was wearing, was it, was it a Tatis jersey or a Machado jersey? Um, oh God, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah, but he was wearing a Padres like road jersey, I'm pretty sure. And he was clearly a Padres fan and new guys. And so guys were, were kind of coming out and he was, he was just yelling their name. As soon as he would see a guy, he would just yell their name, like in a loud, like, <laughs> you know, annoying, if not like scary voice. It's like, if you're a player and you hear some guy yelling, like, Hey, Bill, like, it's like, ah, get the fuck away from me. You, you fucking crazed freak. Um, uh, not in a way where it's like, Oh, let me go towards that guy and, and do whatever he asks me to do. Like I'll sign whatever he wants because he's big and he's loud and he's yelling my name. Um, so like, 
different guys came out. I'm trying to remember who that first guy who came out was. Um, like, oh, oh, it was Bob. Well, Bob Scanlon came out, but there was some guy. I, f- I forgot who it was, but he yelled at someone. You Darvish came out, and and this is I think this is even before he kind of, because when you're standing by the bus, you can see them coming down <clears throat> the um, the ton- the like walkway, the concourse, whatever. Um, and then like they walk around and then they walk out this one exit into the bus area. Uh, so you can see them into this, in the stadium, like in the walkway, um, as they're coming towards the bus. And like, I think as soon as you could see and tell who it was, like you Darvish came out and he's just like, you, you. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Are you trying to get them to, to come sign for you? Or are you just yelling at them? So they know that, you know who they are. And it's like, yeah, this was not helping anything. He did that. Luke Voigt came out and he goes, Luke. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think with the thing with the Luke Voigt one too, um, I, I think he just missed that Darvish was coming. But Luke Voigt. So when you're standing there, um, you can kind of see the players walking down that inner concourse, just kind of right from right from when they leave the locker room. You have probably a, you, you know, you can get your eyes on him twenty seconds, thirty seconds before they even come out to the bus. So right when he saw Luke Voigt just walking uh, walking down the concourse, he immediately started yelling at him then. Yeah. Um, and he was one of those guys, too, who just had a really naturally loud voice. Yep. Uh, you, those, who, those of us who've done theater and, and have been in positions where you need to protect your voice, like, we're, we're jealous of, of guys like this. <laughs> like, he was, just, he was just naturally loud. And the last thing you want when you're trying to get autographs is a guy like this. Um, cause the, you know, these players just played a, a four hour game, um, in 90 degree weather in front of 30,000 people, which is probably very stressful. And the last thing they want is for some loud asshole to be yell- to be yelling their name. Like, you know, he's entitled for them to come over and, and interact with them. Yeah. No, it's like, why would you go towards that sound? You would, you would yeah. run away. Even if you weren't afraid, you would just instinctively go away from the, the loud yelling idiot. Um, yeah. I remember uh, Nabil Krizmat uh, was one of the first guys to come out, and he's like, "Hey, Krizmat," or whatever. And it's just like he, like you know, he motioned at him, but it was like, you know, what what do you want now? That was great. So you know that happened. Um, but yeah. yeah, like yeah, you and 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 Luke, he yelled at both of those guys, um, and it was just like this is like not good. Like it's 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 disheartening to um, to have a guy like that like yelling. And know right away that it's like, well, we're never getting an autograph because this guy is just is just yelling. So no, it and sucks. Thankfully, um, you know, uh, we can talk about this a bit later. But after Tatis and Machado came out, the crowd kind of cleared out. But t- you know, Machado got on the bus uh, when he came out. He sat in the first row uh, of his bus, which I think was the second bus. And then when that the bus drove away. Seat. Yeah, the prestige seat, right? Um, yeah. So uh, when the bus was driving away, this dude, this loud guy. Uh, and his girlfriend were like filming the bus, and they were like, "Manny, Manny!" Yeah. He walked like down the sidewalk, so the bus, as it was pulling away, you know, it would it would go right by him. And yeah, he yeah. was like holding his like phone up in the air, like like uh, Lloyd Dobler, you know, holding a boombox, and he's like, "Yeah, Manny, Manny, there goes Manny." It's like, what yeah, the fuck? And, and you know, obviously he was gonna put this on his Instagram yeah, uh, or, right. or TikTok or whatever, but like. Who's gonna find this cool? Like he's just he's filming he's filming uh, uh, the Padres bus as it drives away to go to the hotel. Like you know who, who the fuck who the fuck cares, dude? Yeah. Um, so that was bad. And then there were also these uh, these kids 
which sometimes happens, who, who were uh, hanging out and selling like candy bars for their basketball team or, or whatever it is. It's always for like a sports team or to support yeah. some club or, 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 or for nothing. And it's just a scam. I don't know. But, um, you know, they were selling candy and he was like engaging the kids who were selling candy. Yeah. So it's like, because th- those kids are like not people you want either buy here when you're no. trying to get autographs. In, so it's fact, like these two. Yeah. They, they, in fact, they were like yelling sarcastic things at the at the players, too. They were. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a specific thing that they that they yell. But like, you know, I don't know, like I'd like they like some like, I don't know, like, you know, Blake Snell came out or something. And then the kid's like, <clears throat> he's like, who, who's that? And then they're like, that's the, the best pitcher on the Padres. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. He, he's their best pitcher. That's the best pitcher right there. And then he'd say something like, I don't know him, but, you know, he's the best pitcher. And it's like, dude, why? Why are you doing this? Like, this yeah. sucks. Well, when Cronenworth came out, too, uh, and we can, I guess we can talk about yeah. this now. When Cronenworth came out and he was <clears throat> signing for his cousins, which is a shitty thing I, I got some to say about in a sec, um, you know, he was signing for like his cousins, but then these, these kids with the candy were like, Hey, what position do you play? Like, and, and stuff like that, you know, yeah. they're just yelling like shit at him. And it's like, come on guys. Like, don't, you know, shut up. Like, don't, don't be saying this stuff. These are professional athletes. Like they don't, you know, they, they, they don't have to fucking listen to this. Yeah. Well, and also it's just shitty to do to the other people who are there who are trying to, you know, maybe get an autograph or something and, right. and being like respectful or whatever. It's just like, right. Yeah, that sucks that you're, you know, if, you know, it, it's just one of those things. I, I hate this thing where, like, people, like, and this isn't really, this these are these these kids just, like, being, like, like you know, goof-offs goof or whatever. But it's, like, it's annoying when, like, someone, like, can't just let someone be into something. They have to, like, make fun of it or, like, um, you know, interject themselves in it or something. It's, like, why don't you just, like, this clearly just has nothing to do with you. So just just walk away. Just, like, leave it alone. Like, I don't know super annoying but um but yeah you know that's that's the risk that's that's the risk we put ourselves out there for when we were trying to get these autographs right no for sure well so cronin so none of the padres were signing none of the first guys when all the this this big group of people was here and why would they come over because they would have had to sign 40 autographs yeah um and but anyway subjected to ignorant comments as well (laughs) right so but anyway cronenworth does come over and there, there were these kids who had like a Cronenworth jersey and you know they were waving it at him or whatever and so he comes he comes over and he's signing for like this select group of of kids and he's chatting with them too like he's he's all chatty and I was like thinking like man this Cronenworth's like he's a nice guy he's a cool guy yeah. um and like you know he was he was uh, uh asking the kids stuff and then they were saying stuff and he Cronenworth was doing like big head nods and stuff like that I was like man like he's really interacting with these kids like holy shit but then, like, he, he signs for these, like, this, these couple of kids, and he just goes to the bus. And then it was like, okay, well, you know, whatever. He didn't want to sign for everybody. So we, we later find out, once most of the crowd had dispersed, and there was only a few small uh, small select souls left, um, one of the people says, like, yeah, like, the Cronenworth, he signed for his cousins, but he didn't sign for anybody else. It's like, his, his cousins? Those kids <laughs> were his cousins? Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Like... First of all, why why are his cousins getting his autograph? Like, I think if you're right. if you're cousin if you're cousins with a guy, you shouldn't need to get his autograph. Like, if, if that's your flesh and blood, like you shouldn't care. Well, um, and also but, you shouldn't have to stand out by a bus to do it. It's like no, do just it go over to Chris- his house. Yeah, yeah, like at, or like send him something, or like at Christmas bring the jersey. Then it's like why is it? Why are these little kids standing out by a bus with a bunch of riffraff, like, so they can get a, a glimpse at Uncle Jake? You know, it's like, fuck, yeah. like, what the hell, man? 
Yeah, it was stupid. And also, like, you know, Cronenworth, like, you know, he looks like this magnanimous guy. But, like, he just ignored everybody else and signed for his family and then left. Like, fuck yeah. that guy, man. Whatever. Yeah. I, you know, okay, so he wants to do something nice for his little cousins who probably, like, idolize him because he's a major league baseball player. But still, you there are ways to do that without fucking making everybody else look like shit while you, you make your family look like champagne. You know, to, <laughs> to, to uh, quote Glengarry Glenn Ross. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, I was I was not impressed with Jake Cronenworth. No, it almost seemed like it was performative in a way. It's like, yeah. look at how cool I look at how nice I am. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that that happened. Um, uh, Jack, do you like uh, do you like David Cronenberg? The the uh, did he direct The Fly? Yeah, he did The Fly. He did Scanners. So, uh, he, yeah, sure. I I uh, I like The Fly. I'm a fan of The Fly. Um, I just saw David Cronenberg's new movie, uh, Crimes of the Future, and it's. Um, it's disturbing uh, by design again, um, <clears throat> and uh, just really weird. Um, he the last couple of Cronenberg movies that uh, he made were um, History of Violence and Eastern Promises, both with Viggo Mortensen. Oh, I liked Eastern Promises. Yeah, yeah, two great movies with, with Viggo Mortensen being like a complete badass. Like I almost have like a, a man crush on Viggo Mortensen because of these two movies. Sure. Um, and then this movie is just like weird and and just like perverse and just disturbing. Um, and it's like. Viggo Mortensen is kind of like a sickly guy in it too. And it's like, what a, yeah. it was, what a disappointing misuse of Viggo Mortensen, but Oh, well. sure. Um, yeah, I, I remember that, that shower scene in Eastern promises where he yeah. like, he fucking murders all those guys. <laughs> not, not, you know, not, not quite as intense. I'm sure as the shower scene between, uh, G Mon Choi and Randy Rosarena <laughs> when they were slapping each other with towels, um, after one of those games that we went to, but you know, still imagine if David Cronen, David Cronenberg's version of that scene, you know, um, that'd be great. But, uh, <laughs> And so anyway, um, oh, yeah. yeah, so, so anyway, with those kids who are selling candy, who are, uh, you know, they're, they're at every single one of these things, uh, seemingly, um, uh, Jeremy had gotten kind of annoyed with them at, at one point. So the first bus left and the second bus pulled up and Jeremy says to the kids, he goes, yeah, this is the bus that's going to buy candy. Yeah, um, yeah, I was standing and it, right it was a classic, time. classic Jeremy, like kind of under his breath comment, but loud enough for the person to hear if they'd been listening. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. it was good stuff. And it was, it was justified. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was not the only time I spoke out either, uh, at, you know, in in this situation. But uh, but yeah, I was like, my back was to the kids, but I was just like, yeah, you know, this is fucking annoying. Um, <clears throat> so uh, so yeah, I said that. Um, uh, I guess we can talk about these people now. But um, uh, the uh, well, no, you know what? Let's 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 wait on that because we can go back to it. But um. So the the loudmouth guy um, was still there uh, at this point, but uh, Taylor Rogers came out the closer for the uh, Padres, and uh, the guy did did yell to Taylor Rogers. He's like, "Hey Taylor, like you know they they needed you for the save today, like or you know too or too bad they didn't need you for the save today, something something like that." And Taylor Rogers like it was something stupid to say like, "Oh, it was a blowout. They you know too bad you couldn't get the save, something like that." And Rogers like as he was walking on the bus, he like, he heard him say that. And he kind of like, he was already on the bus at that point. He leaned out and he said like, it's all good, which is kind of funny. Like it was like, it was a funny response to like, this guy's like, kind of like, you know, obvious comment or whatever. But, uh, I, so I honestly, I, you know, it was a good setup and, and punch, uh, punchline for, for Taylor Rogers. Uh, but I thought that was kind of cool. 
Uh, yes, it was. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, and Rodgers was actually, you know, at, at least he acknowledged some people. There were other uh, other guys who, who didn't do much. Darvish kind of, he nodded a little bit, but he didn't look at all. So some of the guys were uh, were kind of just not acknowledging, but at least Rodgers was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. there, there, we did have a few repeats as well. Um, uh, the, there was a, uh, the dorky kid and his dorky dad who were at a, uh, a Rockies game last year where we got John Gray's autograph. Uh, the kid misidentified John Gray um, and called him Kyle Freeland. I think he called him Mr. Freeland. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was totally not. John Gray doesn't look anything like Kyle Freeland. Yeah, um, pre- yeah pretty sure it was Gray who he called Freeland. And I even think, like, was that another situation where, like, we told him it wasn't him, but he said it anyway? Or I, it, Yeah, I think so. And so we might as well just kind of talk about this sure. just now. Yeah. Uh, but so we were waiting for Joe Musgrove, who would pitch on Thursday, uh, the next day. Uh, we were waiting for him. He never he ended up coming out. But um, uh, this pitcher came out who looked nothing like Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove is like a big, tall, like skinny-looking guy who looks like he would play the Scarecrow in, uh, 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 what is that, Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. Like he's, you know. Um, and so this like this little short pitcher with a, a full black beard came out. And uh, this, this dorky kid is like, Mr. Musgrove? Mr. Musgrove, and then, like, the guy just, the guy who clearly heard him, like, just got on the bus. Yeah. And then, I, so, the, uh, I said, but also this, the grapher Chris, who we met at a previous game, was kind of a cool guy. He's all right. Yeah, um, he showed up. We, and yeah, talking. he did. We both, we both said, just kind of embarrassed, like, that, that wasn't Joe Musgrove. And then the, the kid was like, really? It looked just like him. Yeah. But it didn't look any. It didn't look anything like him, and we, you know, nobody, nobody said anything after that. But like, you know, the kid, the kid kind of had to wear it this time. But it's like, come on, man! Like, th- that doesn't look anything like Joe Musgrove. Look at the card you're holding in your hand. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? What, Joe Musgrove is like six foot four, and like, yeah. I think the guy who who he was was like, um, oh, I I think I like I looked at the the headshots afterwards, and like, I don't know if it was um that Tyler guy who came into pitch or. I don't know who it was, but the guy who, I think I think I figured out who I th- who I think the real guy was who he misidentified, and that guy was like five foot ten, and and um and the guy was clearly short, and like um uh Musgrove is is huge and is like yeah like it was total it was a complete miss. I I gotta do the impression, Jack. Uh, yeah, please th- do, please this do. This kid is such a he's just a dorky like skinny kid, and um so like he comes out and he and he's like. He's like uh, uh, reverent with the the pitchers, at least. At least we can say that that he's like reverent with them and calls them Mister, which is I don't know. It's he's a little. I mean, listen, I'm I'm saying this with full clarity that we are both like forty and late thirty year old guys trying to get guys' autographs who are some of them are like almost half our age. But this kid is like too old to be like calling guys Mister. I feel sure but this kid came out and he goes Mister Musgrove. Mr. Musgrove, <laughs> the guy just like he just like you could tell he heard it, but it's embarrassing for that guy too because it's like it's like hey, it's basically what that kid is saying is like I don't know who the fuck you are, dude. I want your autograph, and at best I'll be disappointed when you when you're not the guy who I think you are, and like you should know that no one knows who you are, and you know you're not memorable because um, this kid is yelling a 
a person who isn't you. But he's just like Mr. Musgrove, and it's just like so cringy. Um, but uh, but yeah, it so is. And yeah. the wor- the worst part is that uh, him and his dorky dad, and his, you can tell his dad kind of just drags him along to these games and and uses him to get to get autographs. But that might have worked when the kid was seven years old. But the kid is way too old for that now. Um, cause like you said, he's about 15, but they have a big, a big book with like all the plastic, like holders for the cards and stuff like that. Yeah, they have this big yeah. book of cards and it's like, this dad is clearly just a grapher who's using his dorky son. And like, he, he taught his son, like these dorky things to do to get guys to come over. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, the whole scene is just bad, but I, I blame the, like, like usual, like usually happens with this. I blame the, I blame the parent for this one. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. The dad, like he's just, a. Uh... He looks like he looks like he'd be a guy who'd like be talking to himself like if he wasn't if he didn't have his kid with him or whatever. But right. Um, but yeah. And like he like I think he even said, like, oh, I don't know. I thought it was Musgrove. Like, I don't know. Like, um, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, they um, it was uh, it's just a bad look. And like, yeah, the fact that we've seen them now twice, like I, I look forward to seeing them again and having him misidentify someone and then have him, you know, say like, you know, I don't know, Mr. Mr. Castellanos, Mr. Castellanos, <laughs> like, I don't know, something, somebody, um, you know, who will it be next? But, uh, yeah, pretty it, it would have, it, ha- it has to be like some, some real, like obvious guy, you know, like right. he's, he's, he's asking for like, you know, Clayton Kershaw, but it's actually like Julio Urias who's like <laughs> yeah. walking out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, they were both left-handed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, um, he, I will say too, real quick, he was the kid, he was the person who told us that those were jake cronenworth's cousins yeah who um who uh he was signing for and then i said i i was at this point i was kind of glad because everyone had left so i was kind of in a good mood and i was like huh well uh hey you know uh, maybe i'm his cousin how does he know you know maybe you should sign for me and then i <laughs> i said like uh you know i just got my 23 and me back and it turns out we are related and then that kid i was just like goofing around and, like that kid was like huh that'd be a pretty crazy relation or something he said something yeah. weird which is yeah. kind of funny um but then uh, i said i was like yeah like i'm like and then i said like mr cronenworth i got the results and we're related now sign my card um but uh so that was like a little bit of goodwill with that kid but he did say he had a weird response to it it was something like that'd be a real weird relation or whatever it was like, i don't know it was, it was funny but um that guy chris uh the the other grapher who we met like yeah he's a cool guy um we were we were bsing a little bit and like he was he had been out there the night before he was the one who told us that tatis actually was there and was giving us some some inside info he said that uh joe musgrove and sean uh, manea both signed so i was kind of thinking like okay well we'll get manea's autograph tonight then that'll be cool if he signed yesterday he'll sign today um yeah. <clears throat> and he was the biggest snub of the night he didn't was, like look yeah, up we, at we all. We should have a, a snub of the night. You know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, he just he he kind of pulled a uh, 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 Corbin Burns. He like just kept, put his head down and walked right onto the bus. And I'm like, shit, what happened? You know, what what, what happened in the last 24 hours? Um, maybe maybe he figured in his mind like I signed yesterday. I'm not going to sign today. But, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, he was he was the biggest snub, uh, no doubt. For sure, he was. Um, you know, uh, speaking of Corbin Burns, they're doing a Burns bobble on June 26th at the Brewers game. It, it would be funny if the bobble like had the head turned <laughs> turned down, you know, yeah. and it would just like bobble like it's like you uh, like you know it would bobble from side to side. So it's like the head is down, bobbling from side <laughs> to side. It's like you just you just asked him for an autograph. Yeah, um, he's saying no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so, yeah, we should say, I don't know if we ever officially said it, but both Tatis and Machado uh, did come out. Uh, I think Tatis got on the first bus. Of course, he was with Jurickson and Profar, who I'd read like they were attached at the hip. Uh, many Padres fans will joke that uh, they actually signed Profar to like a $20 million multi-year deal just because Tatis likes him. And so, of course, they came out together like Jurickson and Profar is kind of just his bitch for lack of a better term. But like, hey, you know, so he's got a lackey. He's got an entourage of, of at least one. Uh, so he was there. Um, he didn't really acknowledge anybody. He kind of just went on the bus. Uh, that guy's, you know, he's big time. He's a superstar. But yeah. then Machado came out. I think he was on the <clears> second <throat> bus. That dude was walking with, like, just ridiculous swag. He was walking like, uh, you know, Jack Sparrow or something. <laughs> um, just yeah. out of, you know, <clears throat> onto the bus. People, like, looked at him and yelled at him. And he looked at the crowd, but it's almost like he looked through us and not at us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was like, you, you would almost think that, like, uh, you would have thought, like, you know, uh, you know, Jerickson Profar and Jose Azokar or something would like have one of those like, uh, you know, thrones that they would just be carrying him on like they used to do in the old, you know, <laughs> th- like uh, like Xerxes in the movie 300 or something like <laughs> right. that. That's like what Manny Machado seemed like he was entitled to from the way he was acting. He was, uh, you know, he clearly he clearly knows he's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. It's funny, too, um, <clears throat> in retrospect, that uh, Profar came out with Tatis because one, one thing you'll find when you watch the, the buses is that the guys who played in the games come out later than the guys who didn't play that day, right? Yeah. So um, a lot of times guys who played won't get on to, like, the second or third bus. And um, it's funny because Tatis obviously didn't play. Profar did play. I guess he did come out early. But um, – but it's funny that like Tatis probably was like, "Hey man, I'm, I want to make the first bus. Come on, Profar, let's go." And like Profar probably had to like hurry up, shower, get get ready to go, and then leave on that first bus, even though he probably wanted to, you know, chill a little bit. Um, yeah, but, but maybe that's why they took him out of the game. Tatis said to uh, yeah. uh, Ryan Flaherty, who was the uh, interim manager, he was like, uh, "Hey, like I'm, I want to leave on the first bus. Get get Profar out of this game so we can take <laughs> a shower and we can go." Yeah, exactly. Pretty funny. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, coolest thing of the night, though. Um, Nomar Mazzara came out, and, you know, Nomar Mazzara has probably never been mentioned on this podcast. Uh, yeah. And when why would he have been? He's not a guy that ever really was on our radar screen. He played one one or two bad years with the White Sox. I think they signed him to a one-year deal, and he was terrible. So, uh, you know, we called him over, and somehow he came over, and Jeremy had a, you had a White Sox card, a Topps Heritage White Sox card of his. Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, I was trying to find some cards from him. He, the, 2020 was his only year with the White Sox. Because yep. 2021, he played with, um, uh, the was it the Orioles? Like, he signed with someone, like, and played, like, a handful of games with them. Um, <clears throat> I forget who it is now. But, um, but yeah, so I had this card. I was, you know, I was trying to – as I was pulling cards for guys to sign, I was kind of thinking, like, would they not maybe want to sign like would they only want to sign like a Padres card or would they get offended or something? And so I got my answer because um, the only card for Mazzara that I could find or at least the first one I could find was a White Sox one. And I actually thought it'd be cool to get a White Sox card signed anyway by a player. Um, but I hand him I, I hand him the card. I, sh- I show it to him and he looks at it. And he's like, he's like, White Sox, man, they don't like me over there. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. <laughs> Um, especially when you look at his numbers, um, according to the back of the baseball card, he hit 228 in 42 games and one homer. And his previous years, he had hit 20 homers, 20 homers, 20, 19, and then a big fat one with the White Sox. Granted, it was the 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 you know the COVID year, but still, one homer in 42 games. Um, I could see why they don't like him over there. Um, but uh, it was pretty funny he said that. And uh, I was just I I was like uh, so. I, 
this is one thing we haven't really talked about. Well, I guess we talked about it a little bit, but <clears throat> I uh, I go incognito at the bus when I when when I'm able to. And so I it was a hot day. I didn't wear a hat the whole game. I don't know if Jack saw this that I had this earlier, but I like to do this thing where I I whip out the 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 opposing team's hat once we're at the bus. And so I had a Padres hat and I put it on. So I was wearing a Padres hat. So I was undercover as a Padres fan at the bus. Um, but he said that he's like, yo, they don't like me over there. And I said like, oh, well, uh, hey, man, we don't we don't like him up here either. Um, so he's like, you know, and I think he like kind of smiled at that or something. But, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I think like I, I kind of outed myself inadvertently as a Cubs fan, I think, uh, by saying that. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty funny retort. He left. <clears throat> he signed for the, everyone else left. And then like we me and uh, Jack and that guy, Chris, we were like cracking up he's like oh man i can't believe he said that like that was so funny and like we were like just kind of cracking up about it like i was like wow i had no idea that he you know he didn't like the white Sox. and then we were talking about having a guy sign like an old card um and the you know how that would go over and so that was pretty funny i gotta say like you know didn't expect i didn't know too much about nomar mazara didn't expect him to have a sense of humor but uh having a self-deprecating sense of humor i mean that goes a long way with me for sure yeah, it's it's cool that you know some of these guys don't have to be super serious about their careers, and they can they can have a sense of humor about something as serious as their their livelihood and having a bad season. So, uh, I officially like him. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, for sure. So yeah, uh, this was the point where most of the crowd had dispersed, um, which you know. So Jeremy and I, uh, like like you said, we we were almost sort of high from that. Like we were in a good mood. We were like, okay, this is playing out exactly how we wanted it to play out. Uh, we should mention that Matt Williams was the third base coach for the Padres, and we were really we, we couldn't wait for him to come out. We felt like we had a good chance of getting his autograph. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but first, uh, th- there were a couple security guards there. Um, our, our buddy Chris the Graffer said that one of the security guards got in a scrap the night before oh, yeah. and like got a bad cut on his hand. So there was this like younger bro-y guy who we'd never the, really seen before. The, the, uh, the security guard himself, I feel, was not bro-y. He was just like a... He, I felt he was kind of dorky, honestly. He was like kind of like a skinny, <laughs> dorky kid, but like or skinny kid, but yeah, like he, he had Harold Harold <clears throat> Ramis vibes. Harold Ramis, really? Yeah. Uh, well, I yeah. Could... I mean, like you know, you know, or like John Reynolds, you know, uh, uh, who's who was on like Stranger Things. He used to he, live in Chicago. Yeah, he kind of reminded me of um, uh, John Reynolds was on um, uh, Search Party too. That's where he. Probably yes, he was. was. Um, but uh, he kind of reminded me of Topher Grace a little bit. Like a little taller sure. with like kind of curly hair, but like, yeah, I don't know. He was, he was, he was what he was, but definitely the other guy who, who came up to him was definitely a, a fucking bro for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, definitely. So, but anyway, uh, uh, they had, they both had these voices. I'll do my impression in a second, but, uh. Uh, so, you know, the, this guy comes up right behind us and he was literally right behind us. Jeremy, you mentioned like spacing before, uh, yeah. when we were sitting down, this guy like comes just, he's like three inches from Jeremy. Um, and he starts talking to the security guard and he's like, Oh, he's like, Oh, Hey man. Hey Jack. What, what's up, man? Like, yeah, I just, just came over to say hi. Do you want to, you want to go out, uh, go out when you're done. And then this Jack guy who had like the same voice as the other, as the, this other guy he was like, no man, no. I'm just gonna go home and take a shower, man. And then he's like, "What? What are you? What are you doing tomorrow night? Uh, we're, we're going over to the the, the Eagle." Oh uh, no, man, I can't make it. I'm doing something else. But what are you doing on Saturday? Oh yeah, we're having a, we're having a get together on Saturday. Can you make it? Oh, I don't know, man. What are you doing tomorrow? Oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be right here. I'm helping out. 
It's like, you know, we, we got we got uh, all of the plans that these guys had up until the year about 2027. Um, it was just this back and forth with these guys. And they both had the same voice, too. There's yeah. this joke in, fa- in Family Guy where, like, the doctor and, and Carter Sh- Peter Schmidt, who's Lo- Lois's mom, meet each other, and they both have the same voice. And the joke is like, well, you know, there's... There's only so many voices that a person can have, uh, and that was like what this was. Like they they were two of those guys who just who talk like this. I, I you know I don't I don't know why. Have you ever noticed that that some guys just talk like that? Well, I, honestly, I've I've noticed that like <clears throat> people try to meet people. Like I, here's the thing: I think that that the kid who was actually working was kind of trying to meet that guy's voice and like try to sound like him. Like you know when like a nerdy guy goes like up to like a a jock or something. And he's like, hey, what's up, man? It's like, yeah, yeah, what's up? Like, like I and like I think he was trying to trying to like like sound like him. Like that's that's the vibe that I got. Like this guy was the guy who came up to him was just like a, a just a, a meathead, and uh, I think the other guy was like just trying to like just talk cool, like, like yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not doing anything. Whatever. But like it was also weird too. Like just the the interaction was just it, it was as 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 like uh, inane as how Jack was putting it but he did say something like he was like uh hey man i was just come over i was just coming over to say hi man i'm going to meet some people or whatever and he's like and then like the, the kid who was working was like oh yeah yeah i don't i don't know if uh, i'll go uh you know you know meet up with you guys like uh, you know i'm thinking about just going home or something and he's like no 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 i was just coming over to say hi man i was just come over to, like it was like he wasn't invited to the thing um <clears throat> and but then like then but then like the next day they were like you know but you know tomorrow you know we'll hang out or something, and he was like, and the, the worker asked him, "Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna be right." The the, the bro guy was like, "I'm gonna be right here, man, helping out." Like, so like, he's. I got the vibe that he was also a security guard and he was just off for that night, but maybe. That, he, yeah, that that was the weird thing. I was like, what what is this guy gonna be doing that he's helping out? Right, I know. Yeah, it's like, or can he? Is is he just like you know like, they just bring guys on like when they need extra security or something? I don't know. And then at one point he goes like I he said okay bro I love you like he did say like yeah, I yeah. love you too. Yeah. And then weird. they slapped hands like five different times. They were yeah, like, all right, right man, all right, right. yeah, we'll see you later. Hey, oh yeah, oh, okay, I love you man, I love it. All right. And then it was like they you know three different three different times they like they 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 high five they did yeah. the bro high five. It was very weird. Yeah, yeah, it was just a weird transaction. And the guy was right behind me. I could feel like his hot like body behind me and i was just like get the fuck away from me dude i had to like turn sideways <laughs> so i wasn't like touching him and stuff it's like get out it's like i moved over to let him go like up to the fence to like say hi to this guy and i figured he just like hey man just want to say hi all right i'll catch you later but they fucking kept going on and on i'm like all right dude enough you're done your time is over uh so it was uh yeah it was definitely annoying yeah, and what, what kind of sucked about that whole interaction, too, is that they were having this, and, they, you know, the, the security guard was talking to this guy, so he was kind of blocking our view of who was coming out. And yeah. right at the tail end of this interaction, so we were still kind of blocked, Francisco Cervelli, who's, like, the catching coach for the Padres, came out, and he was another guy whose autograph we wanted. So it was like, this guy kind of fucking cost us the chance at a Cervelli autograph. We'll, we'll get to Cervelli a little bit more later. But, yeah, um, yeah mm-hmm. you, you know, th- that, that interaction kind of screwed the pooch for, for that one. Um, so that was that was unfortunate. There were also these other yahoos out there. Um, they they sort of replaced the kids with the candy. But yeah. one of the guys was like he was vaping and he looked he seemed like he was high uh, as well. And he was yeah. like hey, he was like hey is, is this is this where the players come out? And then you know you know the five or six of us who were left there were like yeah yeah this is uh, 
This is where they come out. So then when the whenever a guy would come out, this guy had a $5 bill, and the first guy he waved it at was Mazzara. It was like the only thing this guy had on him. He's like, hey, could you sign this? And yeah. this isn't the first time we've had uh, we've seen people try to like give money to players to sign. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he kept asking him to sign this money, and it was it's like, dude, get the fuck away from here. Like you're not yeah. helping anybody out. Mazzara looked at the money and he's like, I can't sign that, and then just yeah. like, kind of walked away. But like, the, but the guy, I, I wish that I could like, I think I said it at the time, I repeated it at the time, but I can't remember exactly what he said. But he's like, oh, hey man, I don't have any paper to sign, man. Could you just sign this? And like it like that, and like in this feeble, like shaky fucking like stone voice i guess and just like he's like yeah oh, could you sign this man and then he yeah, looks at it and he's like no no i can't sign that and it was like yeah. a five dollar bill um but uh they, it's funny jack because you brought this up after like they had left um but he you said that like he was the guy because i spotted these guys coming like walking down so the bus parks on uh way uh on sheffield and it's just a constant stream of people like pouring out of the bleachers, like, you know, dispersing from the Wrigley, from the Wrigley field area. So you see like all kinds of people like walking, you know, out of the ballpark and walking home and whatever. And I saw these two guys walking down Sheffield and one guy had a, a Khalil Mack bears Jersey on, but he had it on backwards. So like the Mack was, you know, on the front of his like chest. And uh, I'm like, well, who the fuck is this moron? And then like, <clears throat> It turned out later, Jack, you told me that 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 guy was with the the money. Can you sign my money guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That makes perfect sense. Um, And yeah, so they were like so that was the first occurrence like with with Mazzara. He like asked him to sign the money and he got snubbed. Um, But then like guys were like coming. Like we said, you can see them walking down like the walkway down the down the concourse. And it's like a, you know, slatted fence like gate sort of thing. And so the guy was like yelling into the stadium and he's like hey could you sign this man could you sign this and i like i actually turned around and to the guy and i'm like hey man wait till they come outside like you know just wait till they come outside and then you can ask them and it was just like i felt like i had to do it like yep um it probably helped that the guy was like definitely out of it and kind of like feeble but like um but like he was just like he was definitely being annoying and 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 we had just cleared out the riffraff and so, like, I didn't need this guy, like, fucking things up. So I was just, like, I was trying to, like, nip it in the bud. And, yeah. Um, I and, think yeah, they... you, you made the guy look like a total, like, fucking piece of shit, too. Not, <laughs> not, I mean, he, he did that himself. Right. But right. also, like, I think everybody was glad that you said something to him. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I felt like I had to. Um, especially because, like, I knew Matt Williams was still coming out. And I, I, I at that point, you know, having missed, like, a majority of the players, I'm like, I just want Matt Williams, man. Like, please. Um, so, so yeah, so Cervelli came out and we were like, okay, here come the coaches and that, that those bros finally dispersed after saying bye to each other 10 times. And then Matt Williams does come out. Like he, he came out, um, and he came out with Mike Schilt, I guess, uh, too, but I was so locked into Matt Williams at that point that I, I didn't even, I didn't even make visual like eye contact or like visual contact of Schilt. I just saw all, I like, you know, uh, Terminator focused in on Matt Williams, um, well, it's yeah. funny that you should bring up the Terminator because so we, we called Matt <laughs> Williams out and everybody was excited for him. Uh, and yeah. He came over and he, he had big, uh, big T-1000 energy, you yeah, know, Rob, Robert sure. Patrick from Terminator 2. Like that, that was the energy he exuded yeah. uh, as he came over. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, 
everyone had a card of him too. That guy Chris brought a Matt Williams card. The the dorky dad and son had a Matt Williams card, and uh, I had I I had found one too. I had found his actual rookie card, his 1987 tops traded card, and I was like, dude, this would be awesome to have Matt Williams sign his rookie card. Um, and so yeah, we we kind of called him over, and like he he st- he came over and like uh, signed. He had his head down pretty much. He um, he, uh, he just like kind of mechanically signed all of our autographs, but he did them like, you know, nice and neat. Like it's a really, uh, clean signature, like nice and bold. Like just, it looks perfect. Like I'll, I'll post it on Instagram, but beautiful looking, uh, autograph and, and job. Um, and he signed for everybody. Uh, Jack, uh, managed to say something to him. Yeah. I, I tried to, I tried to get him to talk. I said, I said, Hey man, you were going to break the record in 94. Um, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't acknowledge that. Maybe it's too painful for him to talk about, I, uh, it's you know, possible. If, you, if you remember that season, he had 43 home runs when they, when the, they broke for a strike in, in the first week of August. So yeah, he was, he was on pace for that. Um, to break Maris's yeah, record, right? To break Maris's record. Yeah. Of, of 61, yeah. which was still the record at the time. Jack, um, I have a theory about that, about that in that exchange. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you even noticed uh, noticed it but like you know when you try to talk to these guys you, you're kind of just trying to get it out there right it's like you don't have time to be like hey matt you know uh i just wanted to say you know i'm a big fan and you know 1994 was a great year an unfortunate year because of a strike and you know you were doing it you don't have time to say all this stuff no so so jack just had to spit it out there so jack goes uh he's like hey uh you know hey matt uh you know in 94 you're gonna break the record dude like you threw a dude in at the end i don't know if you realize oh, nice, he, nice. he said that but i'm like I'm like, oh boy! I, I Matt Williams did not like that dude at the end. He yeah, said yeah, he's yeah. probably thinking like fucking hippie, you know. <laughs> so I, I think I think the dude hurt your chances, but I I totally get why it happened. Um, yeah, you got you got to just get down to brass tacks, you know. Yes. You, you don't you don't have time for anything more than that. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, uh, I I will say though the 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 vibe that Matt Williams had like. He he looked like a, a one of the blue men group without a without the paint. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, because like just even the way he was looking around, like his eyes were really big. Yeah, and he didn't say anything. He was just like, nope. You know, everybody thanked him, and he just looked up at all of us, and then there was like a beat, and then he walked away. Uh, yeah. It was very strange, but also yeah. also super cool and like and perfect. And you could just imagine him staring down a pitcher uh, when he was at the plate. Yeah, or pulling Bryce Harper from a, from a game for supposedly not running to first base. Um, yeah, and like yeah, it was pretty intense. I actually want to go back because I think he like had a couple post game pressers when he was managing the Nationals where he kind of blew up a little bit. So I kind of want to go sure. back and watch some of those. Nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there, there was this lady next to me too, um, uh, who kept, uh, you know, she she kept asking me if she could borrow my sharpie, and I was like, sure, well, you know, whatever. So she, I borrowed about two or three times. I borrowed it, uh, to, I loaned it to her, um, and then Matt Williams actually sweet spotted for her. So she had a ball, and he sweet spotted for her, and I, I I said to her, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like that's where <laughs> that's where you would want to get that autograph and stuff. So I was trying to be nice. Anyway, um, you know. Matt Williams is left. We're all still kind of like high from that. A couple minutes later, she asked me again. She's like, uh, she's like, hey, like, could I borrow your Sharpie? And like, she had, she had her kid with her too, I think. Um, but anyway, she asked me, she's like, hey, can I borrow that Sharpie again? And there were no players around. So I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, um, sure. And I give it to her. And then all of a sudden, Francisco Cervelli comes down out of the bus and walks right over to her and signs for her and her kid. I was like, how did how did she get Francisco Cervelli to come out, man? I don't know. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was weird. It was just like a second, like just like from thin air, he was just like out there in front of us. Yeah. And, uh, I had to like, I had a card of his and I had to like grab it really quick. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, yeah, he just like appeared, uh, I don't know where, and he had been on the bus, like, I, I want to say almost for like 10 minutes at that point, maybe. Yeah. So. Um, it was, yeah, it was very strange. Uh, and then I, I think, did he say it to me? I, I yeah, said, you said uh, like, I, you're awesome, Francisco or something like that, like for yeah. signing or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You said, yeah, something to him and, and he goes, thank you, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And he was on the phone too. So like, yeah, you know, right. he, like he said that to me and then he just kept signing, uh, yeah, that was super cool. I was never like a huge Francisco Cervelli fan as a player, yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice of nice of him to to sign. Uh, so anyway, like almost everybody was uh, was out, and then there was this pitcher who pitched in relief for the Padres. His name was Stephen Wilson. Yeah. He came out, but none of us recognized him. No, and so he uh, he looks at all of us and like he looks at us for a long time, and none none of us say anything to him. And you know he just he just kind of nods at us, and then he walks on the bus. Yeah. And you only later, Jeremy, did you realize that it was this relief pitcher, Steven Wilson? Yeah, it wasn't until the next day. Like, so the funny thing is, like, <clears throat> to to be down there and like see these guys, and then come home and look at the roster and the headshots. And one could argue that you should probably do this before time. And I think Chris was uh, doing that um, <clears throat> when we were out there for the the D backs. You should probably like look at these headshots and see them. But I don't know. There's just too much going on, like, for me to kind of register that kind of stuff at that in that moment. But yeah, he came out. He kind of like looked at us for like one beat, two beat, three beat, and then kind of like nodded and got on. And it was like, and you know, you see a guy, and like you can t- you can kind of tell when a guy's a player or like a front office guy or an assistant or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, we we're like, this is a guy, but I don't know who it is. And the funny thing about it is that like I've had Stephen Wilson on my fantasy team. He, he's he was doing pretty well in, in uh, setup until he went on the DL. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, he got, he just recently got activated again. And I even said during the game, I'm like, oh, I, you know, this guy's pretty good, actually. And um, he pitched, um, what did he pitch? Uh, an inning and a third, uh, no hits, struck out two and walked one. Um, and, you know, it was an effective outing. And then he comes out and he's right in front of me. And I like, I'm like, who the hell's that guy? You know, um, and then yeah, it wasn't until the next morning when I looked at the headshots. I'm like, oh man, that that redhead at the end, that was Stephen Wilson, and like yeah, we, we inadvertently big timed him. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, big time. All, all we would have had to do, we wouldn't even have to say his name. We could have just been I mean, like, hey, could we have an autograph? And he he would have absolutely come over. But exactly, uh, and then we would have saw it. And we were like, oh, Stephen Wilson. You know? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, totally. And I would have I would have gotten it too because I I like I said I do I do I think he's actually you know, pretty good, uh, in middle relief, uh, or in setup even. Uh, but, uh, I didn't have a card. He's like too young to have a card. Like he doesn't have a card yet. And so, um, yeah, uh, it was just, uh, just a missed opportunity, but I, you know, uh, the, um, Matt Williams was definitely, um, the goal and, uh, we got him. We fucking got him. Yeah, and, we uh, did. Yeah. And, you know, and the Soriano didn't hurt either. And so, uh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, uh, a, a you know a win um when we when it was time to like when the last bus pulled away and we all turned around and and you know parted ways chris goes like nice work and uh you know like kind of like a manager would say to like a, a pitcher who just threw an inning and third scoreless innings like nice work kid you know but he was like nice work and like yeah it was like yeah it was nice work we did we did well for ourselves so it was uh definitely a successful bus bus hang 
Yeah, it, it sure was. And I like that, you know, it's like we, we've kind of gotten to know this Chris guy now a little bit. But, like, uh, I think I think both sides of this know that, like, that's where the relationship begins and ends is, like, <laughs> yeah. at the bus. So there was no offers to, like, go out and get beers or anything. We we're just like, all right, we'll see you next time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought maybe I, – I, I, I think if we asked Chris, you know, hey, man, you want to grab a drink, I think he would be down for it. But, you know, he was saying bye and, like – um, you know, I think, uh, I probably would have said like, Hey man, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, we'll see you next time or whatever, but, uh, definitely no exchange of information or anything like that. And like, we'll run, I'm sure we'll run into them again this season. Uh, oh yeah, but, uh, a- but, yeah. absolutely. But that's kind of how graphers do, I guess. <laughs> graphers do as graphers do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's the life of a grapher and, uh, and we are two hardcore graphers, but, um, <laughs> <At this point. laughs> but, but yeah, uh, so um, so anyway, yeah, it was a good outing. Uh, you know, I left feeling happy, even though the Cubs were decimated nineteen to five. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, that was a good one, uh, and you know, we're in the height of uh, summer now, uh, with uh, pretty decent weather. It's going to be hot again, but uh, we'll try to get to another game pretty soon. Yep, and we'll bring you the recap uh, for that. Uh, but yeah, we should be back on a regular schedule here um, now. Um, I'm still. As, as you listeners probably could hear, I'm still fucking trying to battle like to stave off the last of these uh, COVID related symptoms. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 just about there. And uh, so, yeah, we should uh, be back on a regular schedule and uh, back uh, at games as much as possible um, until then. Like uh, definitely uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, follow the hashtag rain delay player of the day and um, like and subscribe and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, for Rain Delay Theater, I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.